Good evening, good evening. Night three of playoff week here on Ship Chasing. On Tuesday night, we revealed the Boomer Opto with Hassan and Blair. Last night, we revealed Pat's ownership projections. And tonight, we got a stat chasing crossover episode with Drico and Sacrilegious. And we're going to cover a lot of ground tonight. We are going through three different playoff formats, going to do some NFC. We haven't talked about that yet on the channel. They have a really fun Hold'em contest. We will, of course, get in the underdog streets, draft a couple teams there, and get some updated FF. PC thoughts with the stat chasing guys in the saddle with us. It's ship chasing playoff week. Let's go. Pat Fryer Helmo. <laughs> this is why. This is why I'm hot. Anita Handjob. Fix your sight. Jamar. Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you Tony? You can't handle the heat. See, it looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This feels monumental because we've done various configurations of shows, commingling, but I don't think the five of us have ever formed the ultimate ship chasing, stat chasing Voltron. So welcome Sacrilegious and Drico uh, to the show. Did we did we not get Voltron together for our uh, our main event draft? Oh, you're right. I just blocked out how bad that team was. I forgot that that happened. <laughs> that yeah, was, sorry that to bring before, that up. That was before <laughs> stat chasing became the flagship show so this is That's the first true. time that, that yeah. the guys have invited us to the flagship mm. show yeah so much has changed uh since then no you're you're right i completely forgot about our travis kelsey patrick mahomes start but this is where we get even on mahomes and kelsey <laughs> guys right playoff contests uh, Drico, Drico, how are you doing tonight doing great doing great thanks uh thanks for having us on um excited excited to get into i know we, we have a lot of uh a lot of different things to talk about for sure. And yeah, and as always, uh, thank you guys again for all your great work on uh, stat chasing this year. Just an absolute smash of a show. You guys did great work with that. Uh, ended up becoming, you know, a key part of my process each week. Uh, so thank you guys for all of that. Let's start with the NFC Hold'em contest. I know we're all kind of relatively new to this. I did one with Davis last year where I let Davis take the reins and I didn't know enough about the contest to kind of check him on all of his bullshit. So I'm excited <laughs> to, to dig in a little bit more this year. Uh, Sacrilegious, have you gotten to, uh, to touch base on this at all? Yeah, I looked uh, – I mean, I, I had like looked at it last year. I didn't end up – playing any last year because for me by the time we got to this point in the season my brain was pretty melted from doing all the playoff best ball drafts and then getting all my ffpc contest teams you know tinkered with and submitted it's like you know what i'm just gonna pass on this one this year but uh familiarize myself with the rules i've thought about it a little bit but you know have not spent a substantial amount of time in the lab on this one yeah um Gretch, how about you? I know you're you're new to this one a little bit too. Have you ever done one of these before? I have not. No, I looked through the the rules. It's definitely an intriguing contest. I like some of the layers of it. I was talking a little bit with with Sack and Drico over the last few days, just about some like initial thoughts. I'm excited to to actually like strategize a little bit more on on this show. But no, I've never done it. Um, it does look fun and it looks sufficiently complicated where the actual strategizing and the game theory of it can provide a real edge. Pete, do you have a link to the contest just in case yeah. you know anyone's unfamiliar with the rules? Not me. I don't mean me, but just in case anyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just dropped it in the chat. <coughs> the name of the contest is NFFC Postseason Hold'em. And so, you know, one of the just main differences is you're actually going in and setting uh, a lineup each week. It's not, you know, the set it and forget it. Like FFPC, you set your lineup, it's locked. You know, underdog, you draft your team, it's locked. This one, you go in, there's also multipliers. The further along the players go, and then there's kind of some wrinkles of, you're wanting to keep optionality because you can use players um, that you necessarily haven't used uh, earlier in the contest. So there's like all kinds of wrinkles in directions you can go here. That first or that that element about the multipliers and and why it's called a hold'em, I think, is a really is a key. Just having again, haven't not having played it, but having scanned it initially. Uh, the first round, you can only play one player from each of the different 12 teams. You can see right there, or from 12 of the 14 teams. The second round, you can start to get up to two different players, um, and then and then it expands. As there's fewer and fewer teams, you can you can grab more and more players from those teams. But the longer that a player is on your team, they get a multiplier for their points each week. So if you've had them on your team each of the four rounds, you will get – four times their Super Bowl score, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're trading off basically multiplier for like optionality of getting to like move into players. You're like, holy cow, this team looked incredible. Everyone was fading them. Like I want to get in on them. Well, the people who got in on the ground floor get the multiplier bonus, but they're also taking on more risk, right? Right. And I think the, the at the end of the day, you, you start from the back to the front, like the, the, Whoever scores the most points in the Super Bowl, like who's going to win this? It's the person who has 4X on the guys that are scoring the most points in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, and then you kind of work back from there. But, like, I think that's a real key. When What's the earliest that you can roster a Raven or uh, a 49er? You can roster them round one. You'll just eat a zero for round one. But I, I'm pretty sure you want to, unless you're fading those guys, you want to roster one Raven, one 49er. And in particular with running back being so thin, I kind of feel like Christian McCaffrey is the guy when you do, you know, you can only do one from each team, but McCaffrey is a, is a pretty obvious one. I think, I think he's going to be in a lot right. of teams. There's three starting running back. There's three starting running back spots. So your, your RB three opportunity cost is what, like 12 points from Aaron Jones. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not a lot, right? And now you get, 2x, 3x, and 4x on McCaffrey's next three games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I what I really and like? And you can add a 49er the second round, right? Once you Yeah, that's what I was gonna add say. You can, you can get your second piece. Um so I I haven't thought a ton about this, but it, it came to me as like I think this could be a cool contrarian thing. You don't have to lock everyone right on, you know, just like where FFPC it locks when the first playoff game starts, right? But here you have like the ability to do this kind of late swap DFS style with it. And I think you can do that really sharply with the Ravens and the 49ers. Um, oh, that's and great. so the way that I would think about doing it is if you get very behind, instead of going 2x Lamar, you know, getting Lamar with your first multiplier stacking, I think you go to Gus Edwards. And you like if you're already behind the eight ball, you're just like, give me Gus Edwards. It doesn't mean you're fading Lamar. You're just saying that in the Super Bowl, it happens to be one of those games where Gus gets three rushing touchdowns and Lamar does just okay. And that's what bails you out from getting behind the eight ball if you're playing Ravens to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like and the other part of that, 
with the roster not locking, this helps with Eagle stuff, right? Or any of these injury situations where at FFPC, you're going to have to make some tough decisions on Saturday afternoon, most likely. Whereas with this, like you'll have a much cleaner picture of, of who's playing. Zach, why do you like uh, Gus over Zay? Like to me, Zay's scoring range includes a higher ceiling in a one game outcome. I mean, like Gus could have the three TDs, but he doesn't catch a lot of passes. He's got kind of that trappy profile. Zay in the full PPR site could have his leverage on Lamar. Right? It's, it's, it's the really strong negative correlation on Lamar. Um, that's why I like it. And the fact that running back is thin, right? Like wide receiver, I can get whatever I need at wide receiver, but I need three running back spots. So yeah, but you're going to be going against prop a lot of Lamar four X teams in the Super Bowl. So that leverage is yeah. pretty key. Yeah, right. that's we got we got Henry Mudo in the chat who's been playing it in his thesis. And I remember Davis saying this last year too that you're you're trying to nail the two QBs from the Super Bowl because most years they they score the most. Uh not always. So that's probably so, how the, the chalk is going to be, right? <coughs> have yeah, of course. If, if it goes Lamar well for you in the first games, like, of course, you want to roll the Super Bowl QBs out. But I'm saying as a contrarian pivot, when you end up behind the eight ball after the first wave of games, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what you that's the button you press. But at that you- point, in terms of the CMC point I was making relative to Purdy, it is interesting because when you if you if you pull the CMC cord in week one, then in week two, you have CMC 2X, Purdy 1X. Then you have CMC 3X, Purdy 2, CMC 4, Purdy 3. It's each week, actually. And same thing here with Gus, actually. It's going to be – it's not just the Super Bowl. You're going to have to have Gus outscore him each of the next three rounds or, a, you know, a combination of the three because there are multiplier – there's a multiplier gap each round. But you're only pulling that lever yeah, if you're a dog from, from right. something else, right? You know, and I that's think you a, can – get there with two like the with how the multipliers work i think if you have two games out of it where and even if it's like one of them gus and lamar are similar you know lamar maybe beats him by a couple but like you're really just hoping that in the super bowl that's the gut but again you're, you're only doing that when you're buried in the first round and right. I, I i one thing that i'm not quite sure on so when obviously the ravens they don't play this weekend and so when is the last point that you can switch around with your Ravens? I get I guess it's it's un, until all your other players are locked, right? Yeah, it says players on by teams lock with the start of the last game of the weekend, which is Monday right. night. And so but the other thing is by that Monday night, you only have what, four open roster spots? So your your maneuverability is is shrinking as the games go on. So, so maybe if you had a potential pivot that you're needing to make, you would plan that out with the players in that Tampa and Philly game as well. Right. So you'd be like swapping like for like potentially. Or, or, or your your pivot could be uh, CMC Lamar to uh, Purdy Gus. Right. Right. That that's that's probably the the, the simplest way to do it. But ha- ha- having pivots in in the last available game, obviously. Helps your Just option. so I understand the format fully, if you're, let's say the chalk bracket plays out, what is sort of the optimal approach here? I mean, it sounds like it would be that we're taking not Purdy in round one, although, per, you know, the 
is that just because CMC's you know such a massively high scoring running back that he is sort of the exception to the rule? But like, you know, there would, would or is there a case to to start Lamar and Purdy, or is it basically you want to start Lamar, Allen, CMC? It sounds like Lamar and Purdy is what what Davis was saying, and and what it sounds like Henry's saying. Because I don't know. Like I was making the case Bowl for right. multiplier is so big that it's going to offset the early round zeros. I, right. I think, the, you know, the, the CMC, question is CMC, which it out, it out projects like the next running back by at least ten points. Whereas I, I don't think that's the same case for uh, uh, for for Purdy. Mm. Yeah, it's not. But in the Super Bowl, it's all flexes anyway, and. I mean, I think ultimately the question of whether you go Purdy or CMC in round one is a question of whether CMC or Purdy scores more raw points for the for the course of the playoffs. The and mm-hmm. NF, NFC is favorable to quarterback scoring. It's six points per passing TD. It's one point per 20 passing yards. It's very favorable to quarterback scoring. I think – I mean, I think Purdy has a, a pretty good argument to just flat-out score McCaffrey over there. With the weather stuff in Buffalo, maybe that's the chalk build, right? Or the, with with Purdy, because you're not as worried about missing out on this game from Allen in Week One. But the the McCaffrey, the thing you just said, I was thinking about as well was McCaffrey, Lamar, Allen in Week One. But in and then in Round Two, you only still only have two quarterbacks, so then you have to make a decision between Allen, Lamar, and Purdy in the second round right away. You, you're not going to be able to play all. So you're booting mm-hmm. Allen for Purdy and loot and yeah. So it sounds like you want to start Purdy. Yeah. Mudo says similar to FFPC, you want your kicker and defense to lose in first round. Any player you pick, you will always keep them unless they uh they get hurt here. Oh, so you can't even move off of Allen and Lamar. So you kind of you're kind of boxed out from two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. So Allen and Lamar kind of is bad. It sounds like it if you're if you're trying to play to have your two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. But it could be fine if you are playing CMC and then I guess you're playing that Allen had a really big week one and then doesn't do very much in week two, which kind of feels like the opposite of what we'd expect with the well, weather. You can't go to right? Purdy then. You you better hope Purdy just duds because you, you're mm-hmm. locked out of Purdy in round two as well. Yeah. Um, well, no, well, you would. Is, dump, he's saying you would dump, you dump Allen. You dump yeah. Allen. You and well, go. I thought Henry's saying you can't. He's just saying you don't want. No, you to. can. You don't want. Right. It. It's so well, you can. Yeah. You don't. Got it. Okay. On NFFC, McCaffrey averaged twenty four point eight points this year. Purdy averaged twenty five point two. They were they were very close. Purdy was QB eight. There were several that were higher scoring. Uh, they were at 0.6 points per game apart. Like it, it maybe isn't crazy that McCaffrey can outscore him over three games, even in the scoring. So you could. I, so part of the, the outscoring is the offset of the the other quarterback or running back that you take in round one that you're then dumping. So like if you get if Allen has a monster game in round one, vis a vis whatever other running back you take. For the McCaffrey zero, the McCaffrey zero has a lower opportunity cost than the Purdy zero in round one. Is what I'm trying to say. There is a small offset with getting those Allen points, and then McCaffrey right. outscores Purdy by that range, or, or even if Purdy outscores McCaffrey, then the, the multiplier it's, it's it's complicated. It, 
Yeah. The, the way I was thinking about it, though, it's 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 always as long as you take one player one week and then the next the other player the next week, it's only it's only there's only ever a one one x difference. But you get more. It's harder to go to Purdy in round two because you're giving up that Allen multiplier but you could, that you get there. But you could instead play your second quarterback round one as just a quarterback that you think scores a lot of points in a loss. Like if you think the Rams upset Detroit, you know, or, or yeah, Jordan Love makes a ton of sense too. But if you think the Rams upset Detroit, maybe play Jared Goff at home because that protects you from getting buried by any other, like you advance round two and then you'd have to get off your two X quarterback, you know, to another skill position player there. You're going to all of a sudden start losing ground to people that get to keep their two X skill position there. So you do really want that to be a team that loses. Um, Baker. Baker sounds, Baker sounds sick to me. Um, so another another way to play this is if you wanted to go CMC, you pick the Ravens to lose, and you don't play Lamar. You play CMC, Josh Allen, then you add Purdy, and you're not playing the Ravens to the Super Bowl. You build your structure intentionally to not go Ravens Niners. That's that's conducive to playing CMC. Hmm. So is that a Flacco build? That might be a Baker or whatever. Oh. Yeah, but it would be it would it would be but no Lamar. Flacco specifically because that's who would go beat the Ravens. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's a Flacco build. That is, that is a Flacco build. I <laughs> think the, no matter what you do, well, Allen can go quarterbacks beat. from opposite conferences. Yeah, that's true. Right, like you want it because then if that that comes into the optionality of if they do advance, well then at least at least you have the option to keep them. Like you, you can still play it that way. Yes. Yeah. Just for the audio listeners here, I do have the starting lineup requirements up. It's a pretty big starting lineup. So it's the two quarterbacks like we've been discussing, three running backs. Then there's four wide receiver slash tight end spots and then one flex spot uh, that includes running back, team kicker, team defense. Um, And that was the refresher Gretch was mentioning. NFC scoring different, famously not tight end premium, but you do get that six points per passing uh, TD, which – yeah, I, I miss this wide receiver slash tight end element as well. I was trying to think through how yeah. tight end would fit, but that's interesting. I mean, that's obviously tight end very weak this year. It kind right. of just like takes out tight end. We don't have to worry about it. I know because I was actually yeah. thinking that Kittle would be kind of interesting in this whole San Francisco conversation, but that's not relevant. Um, I It's interesting. So, okay, the, this comment from Henry saying, you really want your kicker and defense to lose because then you're depriving yourself of position player getting the, the, the multiplier, the 2x multiplier. Um, and that's because basically a, a skill position player opposite that kicker and D was eliminated. Is that is that basically why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you fade you faded a team. Or you, you faded, faded that team. a team right. that advanced. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, the, if you uh, have a skill position player opposite that your kicker, because you're you're soft fading the kicker and you're playing the skill position opposite them. Your kicker getting eliminated means your skill player. Right. So you have Amari Cooper and Kaimi. You really want Kaimi to get eliminated. Yeah. 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 That's very similar to the FFPC. Yeah. Yeah. How we how we play the first round. The uh, the Flacco thing I think doesn't work for the anti Ravens one because you have to be able to add Purdy in round two. If you did CMC Allen, you need Purdy Allen as your two QBs in round two, which means. It doesn't matter if it's Flacco or whatever. I mean, 
I'm sorry, I'm still playing out the the McCaffrey Allen angle, but it like the the second quarterback you play in round one is is more or less irrelevant. I mean, maybe you do need him to lose. I wasn't necessarily following that point. For well, you Saturday. don't. It's it's not completely relevant, right? Because like, let's say you could have had Diggs and get a two or three x multiplier on him when he goes to the conference championship game. So there is some opportunity cost to starting right. over on the Bills, assuming that they do make a run. So, yeah. you're so just, what you're telling me is you start Flacco round one and you just play Flacco all the way through. Well, that's the thing. Well, you want to play you, the Super Bowl, then you, you can't do that. that. You can't play Flacco in the second <laughs> round. <laughs> Unless you play yeah. Flacco to the Super Bowl. Depends how good you think the Browns are going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I've been that's dealing what, with this shit for a month, man. Because <laughs> you... you You'll start to fall in love. You're like, holy cow, Flacco looked really good. And then you'll start looking at that multiplier and then you'll start telling yourself a story. Next thing yeah. you know, oh, yeah. you're in on Flacco. I mean, I, I asked Leone, and I know Leone's going to do some NFC content too. One thing he said was, um, I think bracket scenario planning is important. Some of the best teams provide a lot of options. Uh, but some of the best teams provide a lot of optionality where you could still maximize points, even if the bracket breaks a couple of different ways. Primary goal is having one to four X on the top four scoring players from each side of the Super Bowl in the end. A lot easier said than done. So if there's clever ways that you can actually do like two Super Bowl teams from one side, I mean, maybe playing the McCaffrey thing, you're also playing. I mean, I don't know. It's so tough because in round two you have to add Purdy. I was gonna say you're also playing like Dak or something, but I feel like you're all you you really want. What, what if you add two. what if you add Debo in the second round instead? Wow. Mm. Then, it, just but then you would need Debo and CMC to outscore Purdy. Yeah, yeah you're right. any not, any other Niner build that makes it, you're gonna be behind eight. But that's that's the way you have to do it if you're gonna not add Purdy because you need it. To come as rushing touchdowns, to right? Touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yep. right. <laughs> yeah, the passing touchdowns are what are what will bite you, right? In this format. So, yeah, yeah, it's fun too because I think you can start to get a little bit more granular with like your weekly takes, right? Like you could be like, I really like a Chan against the Chiefs, you know, run defense, but then maybe I want to play, you know, a pass catcher in their round two matchup. You know, like you can start to really try to leverage specific spots you like for for individual players. I'm trying to think of like what are the specific ways that you can keep multiple options open? Like I guess I mean you could play like Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. I think or it's, or whatever. I think it's sim more similar in that regard to uh to how we're drafting for playoff best ball where you're trying to predict the conference championship right like you're doubling up in the second round you're doubling up on the conference championship teams yeah um and you're right. concentrating your bets there instead um so i think that's probably right. the way you do it there, there, there's eight teams left at that point and you can do two of it of any team so there will be teams where you have two of and then other teams where you only have one of so th mm -hmm. that'll be something that you need to be smart about when you're building out your different brackets, Pete, I, I, I know we're, we're talking about like doing uh, doing one of these and, and like entering it at the end. But do you mind like just clicking some names so we can start to work through a build? Yeah, like before we even build a real build, so we can kind of think <laughs> through some of the things that it forces you to think through once you have a few names in there. Is it? Yeah, it is. Um, we we do have Carson, Carson Wentz, Wentz just staring at <laughs> <on> the queue. <laughs> 
Um, so what, will you will you start with the CMC Allen one? Because I like let's just say we're doing Niners Bills to the Super Bowl because I think this is sort of clean. Yeah. So in terms of trying to keep multiple options open, would one move be to then play both sides of the Lions Rams game, like play Amon Ra and I don't know Kyron or Amon Ra and Nakua or whatever, and then you're like whoever wins that could eventually. I'll keep them in my lineup. They could eventually face the Niners in the conference championship. Is that sort of like what you guys were saying, like to keep both options open? Yeah, I'm as I think through it, because I think you want to play for the conference championship. So it's like if you do Rams and Lions, then the Rams are going to see the Niners the next round right away, right? Unless you get a Green Bay upset as well. That's right. Um and so I think a different way to do it is you play the four, you play both sides of the four or five, like yeah. at a way higher frequency than you would in other kinds of contests because one, all it takes is one upset and those teams get to dodge the, uh, the one seed. So I think we play. That's tricky too. Cause if Dallas and Detroit both win and they're both favored. Right, then you're, right. You're sending your four or five behind. straight to, to San Francisco, but it's yeah. higher. It's that's the highest probability way you can do it to to maintain optionality if you're trying to do it that way, right? Yeah, we got, we got the least head. crazy upset. Yeah, yeah. I I think one other thing that um, maybe not as important, but I think you also want to be careful about playing using two of your wide receiver spots like against each other. Whereas the because the wide receiver that, that's higher scoring than tight end and running back. Well, there's and, no tight end, right? Yeah, they're just logged oh, in. Oh, oh, okay, okay. My apologies. So, well, then, then running back and uh, receiver, like, because the 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 receivers are gonna project higher than uh, the uh, the running back, and so if you're if you're sort of doing a bracket where you're guaranteed to lose one of your wide receivers. Yeah. Whereas if if you're playing two sides of it, you you want to at least have the out where it's a running back you lose, not not the wide receiver. Yep, makes sense to me. Then the round two, you still have three running backs, but then in round and then what in the Super Bowl it's off flexes, but for three rounds it's this running back, wide receiver, tight end, and then a flex structure. Henry offers yeah. a couple keys here in the chat, and his key three, he says, uh, nailing all four winners around two to get times three on all four guys. It does seem like getting the bracket correct, intentionally making your picks to pick the games and then picking the games right is a really big advantage because you're setting up all of the multipliers, right? Like you, the multipliers are so key, and to get the multipliers right, you have to get the right guys in line. Like you you might be able to do both sides of a specific game, but ultimately you want to like pick a very specific bracket, I think, and try to line up all your multipliers all the way through more or less. You can kind of set your lineup for the whole contest for that bracket, you know, whatever your specific bracket is from the beginning. Yeah. Like if we went through all the games right now and said, we're picking this team to win, we're picking this upset. We could set our whole lineup right now, basically. So it feels like in general, you should lean towards, unless there's a 2-7 matchup that you really like for an upset, you should lean towards picking one side of the 3-6, you know, just pick yes. one side of the 3-6 and fade the other side. Um, and then you you play both sides of both 4-5s um, is the way that I'm leaning to do it. 
Because the only way you really get burned by that, right, is if the sixth side, like, goes to the conference championship or the Super Bowl, and then people who have that are getting that extra multiplier. And you can even pick the six. I'm not saying, like, oh, you got to pick the three, but it's yeah. like, just pick pick that one right, and then you maintain the max optionality by pick, pick, picking both sides of the four or five, and then whichever way the bracket shakes out, whether there's upset or no upset, um, you know, you, you end up with with ways to pivot, at least. You can bail yourself out. So let's try to build out the rest of this. Let, or let's first, like, say a bracket. Like, what 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 four teams do we want to play in the conference championship for this one? Um, well, let's play both sides of the four fives. I, I think that was an interesting point. Mm -hmm. And then we can pick the two, seven, three, six games. But we want to go back. Guys like between the, how do you want to pick the three sixes? Cause that sounded like the biggest decision point. So who do you like between the chiefs, dolphins and the, the uh, lions? Rams? Well, Tyreek is going to be overly popular, right? Or, yes. or, or yeah. at least extremely popular. And a lot so of people are going to play both sides of that game. It would be interesting to play like like Pacheco and fade the Dolphins. Yeah, or or Dolphins running back and fade the Chiefs. I think those are the two yes. best plays, Scratch. Yep. I think you guys want to go Pacheco side of it. Yeah, right. let's play the Pacheco side. The Pacheco side is definitely less gross. And yeah, that's that's the thing. Like if we don't play the Dolphins side, like we don't have to get overly cute with it, right? We can just play the one that feels good. Yep. What about the um, Rams Lions? Where do you guys want to go there? This is this is full PPR, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so it makes Amon Ra like kind of a scary fade, but yeah, I don't think you have to worry about ownership quite as much if you're playing this the right way where you can pivot because we can see ownership too as cards get flipped over, right? So we can yep. do. So then I think you start with Amon Ra because um, that's the Sunday night game, right? And then, yep. yeah, maybe so, the Rams, and, maybe the Rams kicker. And then we could flip. We could. That sounds good. Say? You know, the, yeah, yeah, that's a dome, dome game Rams kicker. That makes sense. And then, yeah, we've got, we can pivot there. You can pivot Sunday night and flip the Rams to your winner and play like Puka and, yep. and the Lions kicker. Yep. I like Get a little that. contrarian. And, and then 2-7 will probably go – or we already have Bills in the two. So do you just not play a Raven or do you start with like Zay or something? I think you got to start with uh, – well, <laughs> it depends on how we're playing that step of the bracket. Are, are we saying that the Ravens get upset then by – because we, we've got Chiefs winning, so it's going to be the four or five plays the Ravens, so – yeah, I think the Ravens beat beat them. So, so should we definitely we do Ravens. Lamar? Well, the way I was saying, yeah, th this one I don't think intentionally to was to be a Harvard. Buffalo San Francisco Super Bowl with oh it was okay. McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. Because in the second round, you have to add Purdy if you want to play McCaffrey. So I think it kind of makes sense to be doing Allen and keeping that, and then doing like uh, like a Baker, like we were saying, right? So uh, we're saying Ravens play two games in this scenario, then. And they're losing one of them. So that feels like we just do Zay Flowers and don't overthink it, right? That's kind of how I was thinking about it, yeah. Because yeah, we're not get, likely gives you nothing. Yeah. No advantage Extra. at all. So, yeah. yeah. So we want Zay here? I think yeah. so. 
And then, like, I assume on this that, like, you're just playing CD. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if we're doing a, a, a Buffalo Super Bowl with a San Francisco Super Bowl where CMC is optimal over Purdy, are, are, are we, like, uh, contrarian, like, enough almost that we should be looking at more chalky stuff now? Or or is that is that not true at all? Well, we just put in CD. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Well, that, yeah, we can we can bring it home pretty chalky. Just I think uh, really chalky. That's what yeah. I'm suggesting. Yeah, yeah. We go with that. I was gonna say, what do you think about going Hurts Evans? You, I, well, you could go Baker, whatever. But Hurts Evans is a little less. The problem chalky. with Hurts Evans is that you're playing the Bucks to win. Yeah, but if the if Hurts is Hurts, they're not gonna lose. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that's a great that's a point. great point. If they play well, if Hurts scores, they're going to win. They're going to win. So I think you just pick um, – your, your quarterback is either Flacco or Stroud then, right? Doesn't that sort of give you a Flacco. little bit of optionality too then? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think Trico, yeah. But you're probably dumping this player regardless because you're probably adding Purdy. But you're hoping Flacco lights up the – the Texans defense, which is you know, pretty plausible. The optionality yeah. it gives you is if Flacco does win and Josh Allen gets upset, you can go. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, yeah, that. Now you're wow, that's your optionality. Hey, have yeah. you been hanging out with a guy named Daniel Raz? <laughs> I'm just that's the optionality it gives you. There's no other optionality that I see. If and Allen got booted across the pond right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's amazing. So Flacco and then probably Nico, right? I mean, you got to yeah, go to the, the Texans shock. I, I do think we may be forcing ourselves into too narrow of a pot with two AFC quarterbacks. That I do no, have. You, that is a hesitation there. Where like two, I, I, unless you want to start we're deciding that we're going to put in Purdy. Yes. I, yeah. I, 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 I guess I get that, but I don't like being locked into it before we've even before. It's well, locked. we could start with Allen Purdy, and then we're locked into it. I mean, I think you're locked into the QBs early in the contest, regardless. Is sort of the way to play it. A lot of, I think, a, what Henry was saying is a lot of people are going to lock in their QBs in the first round and never change them. Yes, that's kind of the, normally would be optimal because you want to correctly pick the Super yeah. Bowl. But it's a little. That's essentially what that we're doing, but we're just we're doing trade is we're yeah. saying trade off with the outscores Purdy. Yeah. 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 I think it's very unique to the CMC thing, right? Like he's it's the extremely only unique to it. Yeah. Running back that could probably yeah. outscore. Yeah, Matt Stone asking why don't you take Purdy now if you think they go to the Super Bowl. That there's a strong case that we should do that, but we're betting on CMC over Purdy basically. Doing a slightly different build. That's so, you know, um yeah. here we have to take a running back and because we're picking both sides of this Eagles and Tampa game, are we God, I, I want to play Mike Evans, but it feels like maybe it's Rashad yeah, White. Or, yeah, or, it's or do we do DeAndre Swift and just say that? No, no. Yeah. that's Rashad. <laughs> Rashad Devonta Smith is is pretty. I mean, we'll have you'll have the flexibility to make that decision. Yeah. What about AJ Brown? I mean, we can we'll know, right? That's what I'm saying. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm getting bad vibes on AJ Brown. Just me too. Sidebar. Thank you. Real bad. <laughs> Are you? I, I, He's a gamer. He's gonna play. AJ Brown's gonna be. my my spirit animal. AJ Brown's gonna play and tear it up. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of this one is we we don't have to make it. But I have a feeling we'll be coming in here. I saw the DNP and I was like, ah, he's just chilling. 
He's good. He's good. I think he's good. He's walking around. He's fine. So then who is our defense here? <laughs> we're, we're not biased. Don't worry. We're, no, spoiled. we're totally unbiased. We're spoiled for choice at defense here. I like, I like all of these defensive plays. Steelers defense to stick it to Liam. <laughs> I like, I kind of like Miami too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think they're both fine though. I I would yeah. be like jamming Steelers if Watt still had his ACL intact. But mm-hmm. yeah, what um, what Houston player are we playing if we're playing Flacco to lose? Oh, oh oh sorry yeah 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 sorry sorry Nico. Nico. So who are the full fades then Pittsburgh and who's there's an NFC and team, Green right? Bay and Green oh, Bay. Flacco right. doesn't need Shot to lose play. right. We can just swap to Purdy regardless of what happens. What, what happens if Flacco wins, though, um, is all of a sudden our Nico Collins gets replaced by a 1x Brown then, which is pain because someone yeah. else has that Brown at 2x. Yeah. And so then we've got to get really contrarian somewhere. And so we either are hoping that we were contrarian enough early where we got a little bit of a lead where we're not buried or we got to do something really funky. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we kind of need Flacco to lose. Is there any yeah. case for going like Amari and Baker? I, I actually don't feel that great about the Browns losing. I think that I, I feel much better about the Bucks losing than the Browns. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of worried that Baker in a loss just doesn't even score that many points. Though he's like, they scored like nine points last week, and he's super banged up. What about Love? Also, we can't do that because we would need a running back. Love, I have to go to Singletary in that if you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. I think the cleanest is just. I think the cleanest is just pick the winner in this Cleveland and Houston game, and we're either playing Stroud or we're playing Flacco because it's clean to go from Nico to Amari. You know. Yeah. Um, You can so this is just. Just gut check. Do we know ball? Who's winning this one? Do you yeah. guys want to try a different one that's not McCaffrey, yeah. Allen? Like I, I let us down kind of. I think a, a, a more challenging path than than necessary. <laughs> no, I like this a lot. I mean, this was a lot of fun to think through. Well, I think it's good because it it shows you the tougher decision points versus the kind of chalk build where you just put in, you know, Purdy and Lamar or whatever. Henry oh, Henry had Henry, a good comment in the chat. Yeah. There. He says uh, one way is to play both QBs from the same game. Uh, locks in opening for Purdy, but Alan Rudolph is gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So if you could do it more with like, yeah, if you did like the Dak Jordan Love kind of thing, maybe in a better game. Yeah, that's a whole way to do it. You could it. do Mahomes Tua, and you're playing KC Miami winner to go to the Super Bowl and play the Niners. That's also that pretty gross, though. Yeah, the. Yeah. It is I'm, I'm scared of those. What I'm usually not a weather bro, but man, the weather's got me shook. And the idea is that either side winning could be a team that could go all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, frankly, right. yeah. right. that's what you. That's the way you want to play it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. The, which is it? It is tough for those scenarios. It, if it weren't for the weather thing, it would be the Chiefs Dolphins game that you would yeah. target for that yeah. path. Because even or if it was, it. if it was the Bills Texans and the weather was good. And you'd love to do Stroud, and then you Stroud's losing for sure. We know that. And then yeah, you get your so Super Bowl quarterback yeah. in Allen. Yeah. <clears throat> the um, other thing as well is that, so quarterback. That's the high. That's easily the highest scoring uh, position, and um, 
and and the Cleveland Houston game. That's the, that's the first game, um. And so, do you want the information on that early, or do you want the information from the other games before you decide what you're doing at that uh, second quarterback spot? Yeah, I, th- I think it's the second one that we want information first. Decide QB before, second. Yeah, mm. I don't feel like Flacco's the play, but I don't know how to not do it. Is it Stafford? And then you somehow move the kicker situation out? Because you're yeah. if we're playing Flacco to lose, we're playing the Rams to lose. That's true. That's a good point. That's a I great like one. That. I like that. But then I, feels, we're still playing the Rams to, to lose, though. Can we go? Can we go or I mean, the, the Browns to lose. How, do we, we fit the Kaimi Browns in? Brown? Yeah, then we, then we go Kaimi instead of Nico. Yeah. That's right. And then, yep. Where am I? I like that better. Yeah. That was a good call, Drico. Yep. Good to have some input. <laughs> <laughs> and then what you could, I mean, I guess you could do uh, a Mario. You could do a Mario or no Joku if anyone has strong. I assume in this, I mean, in this, you could format, do Jerome Ford, Mike Evans now if you wanted to go. To get the other running back off, Cleveland. yeah, a lot of two v twos start to open yeah. up for sure. I like White Amari better, I and mean, I think we can. Yeah, not worry about chalk. It's like play the best plays at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I feel like I like Njoku more than Amari straight up right now. In not in, in just regular PPR, even in this, yeah. <laughs> wow. Did what? Did, um, where were you during week sixteen of the NFL season? Where was Amari <laughs> during week seventeen and eighteen? Like. <laughs> And Joku's <laughs> game log has been really consistently strong. Uh, he uh, he was he was on the winning uh, BBM four lineup. That's where Amari was. That's, um, that's it is Amari on the road though. So do we think of that? No, uh, he had didn't he already he had have the fifty a- burger on the yeah. road? And he was on the road. He broke the curse. The okay, the narrative chatter, dude. It's over. Yeah, it's there's, we'll there's ever small talk about Mario friends, and it's like <laughs> he's in Houston in the dome. Then all of the road Amari stuff it goes out the window. Um, wow. All right, that that was fun. Uh, I, I will be curious. I know a lot of you guys have thoughts. Uh, Mudo, I appreciate you weighing in. Some of you guys, if you guys uh, have other thoughts on this contest or strategy, definitely drop it in the Discord. I'm, we're eager to learn and pick your guys' brain on that. We're obviously trying to figure this out on the fly, but a fun format. And uh, yeah, we will uh, we'll keep you guys posted on how it goes. Uh, let's see. Do we want to check in on some FFPC stuff, and then we'll. We'll uh, save some of the underdog drafting for the end. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'll just start because I, I want to get Drico and Sacrilegious's fresh thoughts on this stuff. But I guess, Pat, I will ask to set it up. Have you made any big ownership changes since the show last night? No, I, I kind of tweaked some of the smaller stuff that we were talking about at the end of the show. Um, and so uh haven't not made any major changes i'd listened to um jacob sanderson's appearance with davis maddock today uh which got my wheels turning a little bit he was touting the uh ravens defense as a as like kind of the pivot of pivots um which i actually really like um because it's like the way that people won't fade them most people will fade with tucker so I, I actually boosted – I think I boosted them from 1% to 2%. <laughs> so 
Just Jacob little Sanderson Jacob steam boost there. Yeah. <laughs> Put that in your Twitter bio, Jacob. Uh, got Karain to adjust his Baltimore Ravens D ownership in the playoff contest. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, sacrilege. Are you, are you going to do a, a batch of ownership for this with Pat? Yeah, I had, I did one and sent it over to Pat. Um, I definitely defer to Pat's ownership numbers over mine. There were a couple spots though last night on the show where Pat was adjusting stuff. It did head in the direction that some of mine were, so that made me feel smart. That's true. Yeah, I still have. Have you updated yours? I still have. No, I need to do another run. Um, I was waiting to see how you updated before I did a run, um, and then I did see that Easy had some ownership. He did as well on his yep. tool that he came out with. Um, he had Tucker really high. I had I had the Ravens fade overall really low, so I probably need to come up on that a little bit. Um, I, I think that my favorite, if there's one that I'm going to flag plant on, though, it's I'm pretty sure the boomers are going to flock to Fairbairn. I have Fairbairn at like above 20%. That's the kicker spot for me. Like that's the chalk kicker. Um, and I feel pretty like in in my gut, that's the one where I'm like, I think I'm I'm on that one. Um, the, the one where it's like, Pat's talking directly to me right now. So like, <laughs> when you project something and you're like, what a wonderful opportunity this is, you might be wrong in your projections. Like, I'm too low on my Cooper Cup ownership. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it falls because I have Cooper Cup at 15, which feels like too high. But the second I lowered, I'm like, ooh, what a great play. Yeah. <laughs> I had him at yeah. seven on my first run for reference. So probably probably a little too low there. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do agree. Like Fairbairn in that dome feels so comfy. I am just wondering if that Eagles ambiguity, you know, my my take is that was going to soak up a lot of kicker ownership where it's like I can see this being a good game, but I just do not want to deal with the Eagles. Like I could see some of the Jake Elliott stuff really coming up. Yeah, my pushback is um, Jake Elliott. So I just pulled up four for fours kicker projections. Um, Jake Elliott is kicker five and then chase mclaughlin is kicker nine kaimi's kicker 10 so there's i think the kicker bowl is probably going to be the um the bucks eagles game the only then, thing i will say i don't think anyone's actually looking at kicker projections when they make their kicker i think the boomers might look at kicker projections <laughs> i think they pull up their kicker projections like hey, 10.2 versus 10.1 i mean you gotta go with mclaughlin um I mean, I was looking at defensive projections last night, so whatever. Yeah, and and the Texans are the fifth highest ranked defense um, ahead of the Eagles and ahead of the Bucks. So if you're just going by projections, you would go Bucks or Eagles kicker, depending on who you're fading, and then Houston D. Yeah, Yeah. I I think I had Browns D a little higher than you had them too. And that's kind of that's the like snake eating its own tail trickle down effect of these projections. Like you move one thing here and then now you're you're chasing your tail everywhere else. So yeah, it's really just a a cascading effect. I think the Browns Uh, will be pretty popular on defense, but it's just how much are they faded. And I think it does feel like sentiment's pretty strong for the Browns to win. When you're talking about Browns, when you hear like, I don't know if the Browns will win, it's generally against the Ravens. <laughs> That's what people mean. So I don't think they'll be as highly faded as the the like line would reflect. Yeah. The uh or, or Drico, do you ha, ha, I assume you got to maybe peruse some of the ownership. Do you have any uh thoughts on that or just kind of macro thoughts on the contest so far? 
Um, well, the, the, the big thing that, that, that struck out to me was that it does feel like because running back is 10, that feels a little bit like it should push Kyron up a bit. And then, like, because it's like, who, who, who do you play? Because you, you, you can't play Gibbs because then you're fading Amon Rossing Brown. So th- right. that does feel like something where it's, it's pushing uh, Kyron up. And then he's not even like he's projected decently, but not not like not like amazing or anything. Not not like he's not like gapping anybody. And then that could be something where it it opens up Cooper Cup and uh, Puka pr- pretty nicely. Um, other thought I had was, and and maybe this is this is kooky, but if the Eagles, despite all expectations, do actually go to the uh, Super Bowl, you're gonna really want uh, Jalen Hurts. And if you look at the Vegas odds, they're only like seven hundred to get to the Super Bowl. Like that doesn't that doesn't feel like an insane like bet. No, I know. Like I I I, I probably sound like a crazy person, but that the, the the probabilities there don't seem like bad at all. I mean, I, what, he definitely wasn't talking about his fingers not working today. So, <laughs> well, I'm all, I'm also laughing because I read Sean's piece over on Rotoviz right before the show. And he wrote up like how to play every single offense in like a contrarian way too. And he literally just self-excluded from the Eagles thing. He said, I'm not touching the Eagles. Like he's he's full fading <laughs> the Eagles. Wow. <laughs> and so I, I was just laughing. He was the one boy, he just wrote two sentences and moved on to write, you know, uh, 500 wow. words about the Rams. <laughs> I've taken actually a ton of, I've actually, I love the, the Drico take there of, of Hertz yeah. because like if he, if, Hertz is right or writer than, you know, we're worried he will be. The offense runs through him. He's got such scoring potential. Um, and like he will power them. Like he will be the reason that they make a Super Bowl run if they do. So you're capturing the points within the player. Ben brought this up um, when we were in Discord the other day. We we're kind of talking through some of the ways to play this tournament. And one, one kind of fundamental lesson, I think, is – trying to identify how the team will win, right? One of our big hits from a few years ago was Cam Akers uh, was like super low owned against the Seahawks. Everyone didn't want, no one really wanted to pick a Ram and they just were betting on the Rams to lose that game. But it's like, you have this opportunity to take, if the Rams win, they're probably running the ball well. And so you, you're actually getting the player who's going to drive that upset. Derek Henry back in the day, like that, it's like you're taking Henry over AJ Brown because if the Titans win, it's because that's going through Henry. So Hertz gives you that opportunity at quarterback, which is definitely interesting at very low ownership. It's just, and he's he's going to outscore all the other Eagles by so many points as well. <coughs> if that happens, yeah. Right. If the Super Bowl, yeah. If the they make a run to the so Super brutal. Bowl, the, the path is brutal. But to Sacrilegious's point, they're in the four-five game. In the four-five game, you just need one of the other upsets, and then they don't have to go through San Francisco. Uh, I mean, it seems plausible, right? Either the Packers or Rams upset. The Eagles are then uh, not going through San Francisco. I think you maybe want the Rams upset because the Rams yes. could yeah, give you want the Rams. You want the Rams because yeah. you do not you need want really having to go to San Fran. And I think you have like a small out of um, – the, the Rams beating the Niners. Well, one small out. Well, that, that's true. That is true. That's definitely true. But then let's say let's say the Niners win and then the Niners beat the Eagles. 
are you totally dead with probably CMC not. and let's say Kelsey? You you're probably dead if it's Allen or Lamar, but you but Jalen Hurts could be the winning quarterback if if it's a, a Chief Super Bowl and he Hurts scores really well in three games. I think even if it's a Ravens, honestly, I mean, I know you get the double points for Lamar, but it, it would just mean that Hertz was way better than the other skill guys on the Eagles, and Lamar brought someone along, right? To a to a pretty substantial degree, obviously. Like yeah. Zay Flowers has a monster Super Bowl and gets the double points, and then Hertz Flowers can can beat Lamar. Or what about James people? Cook if it's a Bills Super Bowl? I mean, maybe maybe possible. Yeah, um, Allen a couple of years ago was the optimal QB in two games. Was it two? Or, I thought it was. I think three. it was two. Wow! The year that they lost right. the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs. They had the monster first game, I think, against the Patriots, and then lost the Chiefs in the monster shootout. And you think it only played two? And then games, it was Chiefs Bengals, I think, in the in the conference championship, right? Yep. Last year. Or, oh no, you're talking two years ago. Yeah, years and it became it became yeah. Bengals Rams, and it ended up being I think like Chase Cup with Allen was. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent certain. No, I, I think that's right. I think that's right. right. Yep. And, uh, and it is quick. the question of like, it, it's not just Hertz versus Allen, it's Hertz and Diggs versus yeah. Allen and AJ Brown or Devonta. Yeah. And if AJ Brown and Devonta like basically don't play or or, or, or like they, they they're the the fears about them come to pass like the the digs piece could really push you over the top yep yeah um, and, i want to give just sorry i just was gonna or sorry no finish that thought pat well just i was gonna say you just you need in order for that to happen like in order for for you to take a hertz you know, you want that guy to be able to go absolutely nuclear in two games and at least make you live, right? In yeah, the two games, and, and that's hurts. Like hurts is can that do guy. that. Yeah. He can rush for five touchdowns in two games, and you're like, yeah. all right, so, well. And then he can do it in a way him. that that leaves his skill position behind by rushing for all the TDs. Exactly. Right? Yeah, he does it himself. Yeah, so he's actually a lot more appealing to Mahomes. He's than interesting. Than yeah, yeah. It's a good take. I just wanted to give a couple. Plugs. If you guys missed it last night, Pat has his ownership projections available. If you guys are legendary upside uh, subs, Discord members, you can get in there. If you're ship chasing YouTube members who have unlocked that Discord, it's pinned in there. And I also wanted to give a shout out. Uh, Sacrilegious referenced it before. Easy released a really cool tool for, you know, kind of hand building out various brackets and scenarios on his site. I'll drop that link down below, but it's a really cool way to basically build out a bracket. And then you can kind of run and see what the optimal um, using his projections would be for that bracket. And then you can kind of start to fiddle around um, with different like 2v2s, different scenarios, kind of see how much am I giving up? And then also seeing like which players play better in like three game scenarios versus just one. So a really cool tool and that plug for built. the ship chasing discord. If you're in there, uh, there's a version of the tool with my ownership projections built into it. So yep, uh, jump that in the ship chasing discord. Yes. Uh, very, very cool stuff there. Um, th the thing I've been thinking about lately that I can't square is that, I just feel in my bones people wanting to get off Kelsey and play Pacheco. 
I mm-hmm. feel it, and yet I'm just really struggling to figure out which tight end is going to backfill behind him. It has to be in Joku. I'm pretty sure it's in Joku. Then yeah. But and to what extent? Joku, I've thought about this too, Pete, since last night, and uh, I I think you're completely right. I think in Joku, and Joku winds up higher than Amari. I think he may wind up higher than Kelsey. Wow, Matt, I don't think you had that, but no, I don't. No, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't Amari. But I could I could see being wrong on that and and Kelsey coming down. I mean, it, the, but I, the narrative is flipped on Kelsey. People don't want to play Kelsey. They don't want to play him. But no I also does. This is like what Zach was saying with having seven percent Cooper Cup. Because if you tell me that Njoku has more than Kelsey, I'm going to tell you Kelsey's the best fucking player in the tournament. I I actually I do want to play him at that point. I think he catches eight balls even if they lose in the first game. Like I, I, They have to get something going. They don't have pass catchers. He's their dude. He's had a bad season. People are really down on him. But I think it's just pretty – like, would it shock anybody if he comes out and, and, and is basically catching the vast – like the full, you know 35% of their balls in the playoffs? I mean, I just – I don't think it would be shocking at all. It's kind of is that like – Eight catches is, is 12 points on receptions alone. <laughs> Wait, is Tyon premium? Is Tyon premium? <laughs> I almost forgot. I don't even the, care if it's eight for 45 yards. Like, it's eight catches. You know, like, he has the potential to do something that a lot of tight ends can't do. But like, with not, the Joku, not the it's not even potential. The Joku's been doing that. He's doing it. He's been but doing Joku goes yeah. way behind Kelsey in these dra- in the uh, best ball drafts. He does, but that's also um, an advancement thing where getting your team to the finals is more important than in this format it is but people don't really want to lose their tight end and tight end premium so there's but i'm saying this year there's no tight end that's separating that makes you feel that opportunity cost i yeah i agree i agree to an extent but just that that little extra thing of like kelsey's gonna play more games so therefore but i disagree because most people are playing both the browns and chiefs to be one and done that would be like the chalk scenario yeah no, I don't Which think anyone's playing, playing the Chiefs. One and no, done. I think people were playing Dolphins one and done. The the vibes on the Dolphins are bad right now. No, no, I'm saying people – or sorry, I'm saying everyone is assuming Travis Kelsey and David Njoku each play two games. Sorry, that's what oh, I Oh, two and done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry. You're, you're one, right. one win. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. win and then lost. But, yeah, that that's why I'm saying I don't know if that separates. Isn't, isn't yeah. Dalton Kincaid, like, such a good pick yeah. in this? Because I had Ron, I was just gonna say as he made that case on stealing bananas today, and I wanted to to say no, but I think it's so. You revealed before the show that you have a lamp in your your study that's from the same company that Liam got his lamp. <laughs> how much have you been hanging out with Liam? <laughs> I I might need to throw the lamp out. Um, <laughs> chopping together. I so I had Kincaid <laughs> on my first run. I had him at twenty percent because I. I let my own brain get in my way when I'm doing these projections. Like, and then what are people going to do when they think about the ownership? And so like I had steamed Kincaid all the way up in my head of like, this is such a sick play. And I had Lamar really high in my first run. And I, I brought him down after I saw Pats. But uh, yeah, the more I think about it, Kincaid feels really sick. The other one that I really like, someone's going to have to drag me off this play, but I'm pretty sure Jameer Gibbs has to be one of the best plays in the contest too with like, I had Amon Ra lower and I was still considering a fade. And then after seeing what Pat had on him and Easy had on him and like hearing the sentiment around like, well, you got to just play Amon Ra. It's like, I'm pretty sure I just got to play Gibbs on like every team I make then. 
but it's such a clean like pivot from Amon Ra, Kyron to Gibbs, Puka, or, or, or Cup, yeah. As well, it, it feels like a really natural uh pivot, yeah. Davis was mentioning that one. It's like when we go to look at DFS projections on Sunday, there's gonna be like basically like half a point separating that 2v2, but like no one's gonna play that side. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't, for whatever reason, I and a lot of sharp people, all, all of you guys have been saying the Gibbs thing. I don't, I don't see it as that clean. I see it as a material difference because of Montgomery's role, because of the way Gibbs has been not used as well as I've wanted him to be used at times. Like Amonra's going to run around on every drop back. He's going to get a ton of targets. Gibbs doesn't always get all the receiving. I mean, I know the ceiling is there. I think in a win where Gibbs performs, Amonra gets there as well. Like, how does Gibbs bury Amonra? In the in those games that we've seen, Gibbs have those nuclear like thirty-five point games where he he just gets he soaks up a couple of the touchdowns. He has like an explosive play, and Amonra still gets there. You know, Amonra gets his twenty points easy, no problem. But you're just asking for Gibbs to have an explosive play and a touchdown, basically. Which yeah. like he's he's well. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I might be too bullish on Gibbs, but I think he's going to find his way to a lot of my lineups here. I think a lot he, of people. He, he, you like can that. bury him too if Kyron duds. I think. I don't think Whereas it has to be a two v two there necessarily. I, well, it, the, I, I see your point. Running backs, and like, if if all the other running, if if a lot of the other running backs dud. And, yeah. and and Gibbs gets twenty, and, and and all the other running backs are like ten. Yeah, like I don't I think, think it, I don't think it's just Gibbs versus Amon Ra. Like you have to factor in sure. how yeah, thin yeah. running back is. Yeah. And, and I I do think it's best as a two v two because it gets you off of Kyron, who's going to be chalky. It's going to be really hard to get off Kyron without doing something like going to Gibbs, and so like you might as well take advantage of that move and go to Cup and Puka. Um, where that's kind of like how you want to attack the Lions anyway. Like the the whole appeal of this matchup is really through the air. So, uh, yeah, you need you need to pick the right Ram, and you need that guy to go off, and then you can still lose Domino. Yeah. I don't know why it is, but I just don't. I don't feel as confident as you guys in that in that pivot. I mean, I just well. I'm, so the reason too, like for people who also are, are maybe not fully familiar with this contest, like they're, you know, it's likely that a, a lion player is in the optimal, right? And so there's scenarios where the Amon Ra teams are very chalky or say like a chalk bracket hits. Like if Jameer Gibbs even outscores Amon Ra by 0.1 points, like that can be the difference between winning $500,000 and dropping down just because of that configuration. So I think, you are getting into like a GPP bro element with it, Gretch, where I think everyone agrees Amon Ra is the better play, the better projected play, but the like what you win when you win thing with Gibbs could be very outsized. Yeah, yeah I just about 66% right now <laughs> is what I have for Amon Ra versus I think 19 for for Gibbs. So, you know, it's like is is it three is he three times more likely to win that 2v2 kind of thing? Because then you're also gaining. It actually understates it because you're also gaining leverage when you move from Kyron to the wide receiver. So, you know, you're kind of saying the field is going to tell you my 
Amon Ra, Kyron, 2v, uh, 2v2 versus your Gibbs, Puka, or Gibbs Cup is like four to five times more likely to be the higher scoring combination. And I think that's wrong. Yeah, because you got to think about the combinatorial ownership of Kyron plus Amon Ra. Like that, those are those are so. You don't have to play Kyron to play Amon Ra. I, I reject your guys' 2v2. You guys have made this all about the 2v2. If CMC's a lock, there's every other running back in the in the contest could be your RB2. You don't have it to be, do it, but you don't what do you have think to most people are going to do it. But the, sure, the, sure. the chalk will be this. So you're but still the, going against the chalk with this 2v2. The, I, I think the other thing as well is so like we're we're gravitating towards Gibbs as a pivot off of Kyron because Kyron feels awful, but then uh, obviously Gibbs comes a, comes at, at a cost of Amon Ra. The problem then is if you don't want Gibbs, you don't want Kyron, you don't want Gibbs. Who are your other pivots? You're talking like Rashad White or Rashad talking- White. Yeah, Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones James is Cook. definitely viable. Do we, do we not like the Dolphins running backs? I feel like the Dolphins. Dolphins running backs. backs a Aaron Jones, James Cook. Those are the places I'd go for RB two. I actually I, think- so. I, that's all I was trying to say. I'm not like I'm not necessarily trying to fully argue the Gibbs thing. It's just that like I don't want the Amon Ra point to get uh, tied too closely to you have to play Kyron because I agree with you guys that Kyron is not probably a strong play he's probably a pretty good fade and i don't think you have to do that if you go to amon Ra. in fact i don't think you want to for the reasons you guys were saying it's not the amon Ra kyron thing is going to be tied really high i think i think it's mainly gretch too like thinking because you can play both gibbs and amon Ra and win loss scenarios it's like one of those simple logical pivots where you don't have to like reconstruct a back bracket like some of these other ones like if you are playing a chan and stuff like it might require you to like rethink how you're playing the entire bracket with the soft fade because most people are going to be playing both sides of this game anyways so it's like an immediate just like simple lever to pull it's also nice if you go gibbs and cup or gibbs and puka you're like you're i think Fading the Lions, right? You're, the cleanest way this goes for you is that the Lions lose. They dump off to Gibbs a bunch in garbage time. Um, it's kind of like the Rams or the uh, the Ravens loss where like Gibbs gets there, but the kind of offense stinks kind of setup. Then they lose. Then let's say that Kyron's the highest scoring Ram from that game, but now they go and play the 49ers, and you're feeling okay about Puka or Cup coming and, uh, and passing Kyron in that two-game sample. You know, obviously, you'd love for Puka or Cup to go off in the round in the first round too. But I think you don't even like need that. You just need the Lions to lose and Gibbs to outscore Amon Ra, um, and then you've got that running back taken care of. Everyone uh, that has Kyron is now a little bit of a concern, but you have another opportunity to outscore them. You guys have definitely talked me into the Gibbs thing a little bit. For the record, I mean, I, I definitely like it. I don't think it's like something that I would be comfortable pivoting to and and everything. But no, no, you no, guys no, are making good points. Not. Yeah, definitely. it's definitely a poor. It, I think it like what's so funny is when we talk through all these like across our entries, it's like saying you know you'd want to be like ten to fifteen percent lower than market on ARSB and ten to fifteen percent higher yeah. on Gibbs. Like just kind of like sliding that over. That makes sense. Um, any one fifty in with Leone for your portfolio? We're gonna get seventy five in. Okay. <laughs> the the pivot. I think it was mentioned. The pivot. Crazy. Um, <laughs> Tyron Tyreek to Achan at Puka. That's also like super, I think pretty clean as well. 
Well, Mostert's looking like he's going to play, and so I think I just lowered a Chan down to like 3%. Um, I don't think anyone gets there now if Mostert's playing. That RB2 question is so is so interesting and is such a constraint. Um, another one Sean brought up tonight, uh, today when we recorded, he, he brought up Najee Harris because that RB2 spot is, is that challenging. <laughs> <laughs> Pat's about to put his feet up on here. <laughs> I read that. <laughs> I, I was just imagining like Sean just like gritting his teeth as he typed it out, like screenshot. No, Sean, Sean, like he has like a sick pleasure for that type of stuff. Like when he oh, yeah. actually gets to tout the guys he's always faded. I no, you don't like no watching Sean like have to write about like Joe Mixon or Leonard Fournette over the past few years. It, uh, he hates every second of it. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, he's never come around. Like, uh, <laughs> look at Ness. Ness pops up in the chat. Now we're talking. Oh, no. <laughs> I still blame Ness for wanting the Steelers to make the playoffs. I think that's why we have yeah. to deal with it. That's his yeah. fault for sure. Um, Let's see. In, any other kind of bigger angles, you know, for, I don't know if you guys got to watch the show last night or things you guys are find particularly interesting right now, as far as decision points. Uh, Easy in the chat says puke Gus Edwards. And I, I've got to be honest. I definitely thought through this of like my ultra contrarian way to play <laughs> Like if you did, if you happen to do like a Purdy team where you're like, you're stuck at running back, and you're like, well, Lamar gets all the touchdowns vultured by Gus Edwards, and I just do it that way. I I don't think I'm getting there on any of them, but it was a thought I had in my brain for a second. It's such a weird needle to thread, right? Because like Gus Edwards vultures are going to be positively correlated with like the Ravens rolling, but you don't want them to roll like more than two games. Like you want the one game where he gets you the two vultures and then they flame flame out is probably what you need for that. Yeah, because because but and then it's like and who do they lose to to then go to the Super Bowl where you're still feeling good about like they can't lose to the Bills you know because then you're feeling pretty buried by the Allen CMC teams if so yeah I it think does what it, you're hoping for is and I can actually envision this right you're going against the Cleveland Browns defense. And they run the ball. Gus scores like a couple touchdowns in the first half. They control the game. And then at the end, Flacco just starts chucking it. And he storms back. And like before the Ravens know it, like it's like tied. And then they they like stall out on a drive. They punt it back off to Flacco. Flacco comes marching down the field, kick a game-winning field goal. Ravens lose. They felt like they were going to win the game the whole time. And they play. Yeah, one of those. One of those second halves where they have a bunch of three and outs and they just get like no plays on offense at all. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Gus was rolling in the first half. You have yep. a nice little score, and then they then they lose. That can happen. That can happen. It it I yeah. It, like I said, it rolled around in my brain for a little bit. It's probably not making the the cut. It's gonna end up on the. <laughs> I think it just made my shopping floor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like it. That's yeah. ready for it. Um, it really one is hard. I, with with these backs too, where you you just have no pass catching stuff to hang your hat on, or and then you have like Hunt Kareem Hunt, Vulture. Yeah. There's just so many attack vectors for some of these plays. Yeah. One, one thought I had with um with with sort of tight end ownership at condensing on Kelsey and and, and Joku, and obviously, uh. It, Kelsey's older. The, the the last couple of games have not been great, 
it, it does feel like a year where the, the, the overall tight end projections are, are sort of low. And so yeah. if you yeah. if you can get a fluke FFPC tight end game from a random guy, <laughs> like that 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 could be really, really meaningful. Like I know um Zach, you had said to me like um uh, a couple of weeks ago, J- Jake Ferguson. Whereas like if Jake Ferguson can just smash the other tight ends, not necessarily C D Lamb, then that could be something that that uh, sort of works. Not yeah. like a- again, s- still like a low percentage play, but those sort of plays seem more in, in play than that than before. Yeah, if you're playing like the Cowboys lose in in one or two, you could. But for me, like the I think Jake Ferguson's probably a little too gross for me to get there. But like Dallas Goddard feels pretty good, especially like if it's really ambiguous on Saturday still about the injury status of the Eagles, and maybe people aren't like. Get, Goddard doesn't catch quite as much steam because people think AJ Brown might play. People think, you know, Devonta Smith's fine. Maybe you just go Dallas Goddard and. Uh, are you playing them to game. lose in that scenario? Like, are you then playing Mike Evans? Probably. Are you playing a box skill player with him? Yeah, okay. I think so. I think yeah. with Goddard, you probably do want them to lose because if they win, he's probably smashing because AJ Brown is out. And right. then AJ Brown is maybe coming back, and then the targets get diluted. He would be my favorite. The guy I was going to mention that to me checks all the box boxes that Dricko is describing, where the opportunity cost is low, the targets could be there. It's Dalton Schultz. That's why I was oh, literally baby. just about to say yeah. Dalton Schultz. I love. Oh, don't get me on Dalton Schultz. I've been hammering him lately in the playoff contest. I literally, I just pulled up Houston. And I was just like waiting to see if you guys are going to be psyched about Dalton Schultz, <laughs> and then raise his ownership to five percent, which is what I've just done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did just check because Noah Brown was looking dicey. He is officially questionable. He got into practice today, so it does look like he's going to play. But like, still, that guy who could just vacuum up. I mean, he's averaged seven targets over the past three weeks. He could easily get peppered in that spot and have like a pretty sick score in a losing game at just nil ownership. God damn it. I hate that. How, how right that is. (laughs) You brought it up last night and I just pretended like you didn't say it. And then like you got me tonight. He had eight catches against Cleveland last time. No, there you go. One other guy that I'll float. uh, Tucker Craft. Yeah. What's what's the splits with him and Musgrave right now? Because Musgrave's back now, right? Yeah, that's why is Pat, you've why made Greg violently why, ill. Why is why is Pat cracking himself up? So I'm not. I'm not. I'm laughing specifically at Zach. Just going yuck. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, with Musgrave back. I mean, he just yeah. do you want to play a yeah. tight end committee? There in a really spread out offense. I don't know. How's Musgrave this, looking? Are we are we sure he's going to play much? He I mean, he's, six he's routes clear, in week right? eighteen. But yeah, this contest feels yeah. a lot more spread out than than it has been in the past. And we're just sitting here like naming all of these like ancillary pieces that I one of these names is going to be right. Like yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible. I just think the thing, the reason I like the Schultz stuff, not to beat a dead horse, is because the opportunity cost is so low. And you don't have to tell yourself these gal brain things like with the Cowboys, where it's like, well, Jake Ferguson scores two TDs and they lose. And like, you know, you don't have to do that with the Dalton Schultz play. And you're only fading Nico in terms of who's going to actually be in other people's lineups when a lot of these other players have to fade. 
you have to fade like three or four teammates that are going to be in at least 15% of lineups. And that makes it really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I, I take it back. Yeah. Gibbs isn't the best play. It's, it's Schultz. Schultz <laughs> is a really good play. Paul Paul says dudes could literally sit around and name fringe FNPC playoff contest plays and have the best time. I mean, that's literally what this entire week is. <laughs> that is part of the deal with uh, with Gibbs, though, and I, I do think that's that's part of what makes me think that's a viable one. Is like, I mean, Amonok could just have like a three catch game, and and there's no one else that's being played from the lines. There's no Laporta. No one's actually going to go to Dave Montgomery. No one's playing golf. So you don't get buried and you do fill a running back slot. I mean, all it takes is he could have like a 12-point game and be the right play. Although in that scenario, you might have just wanted to fade the Lions. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, Kelsey versus Pacheco. Do you think Pacheco can come in higher than Kelsey? I do. I really do. I think I had him really close. Let me – You originally had 44% Kelsey and 34% Pacheco. Okay. I don't know if you updated that, but – I currently have Kelsey 41 and Pacheco 40, but I just have a few more tight end percentages to play around with, and I can flip them. I can do it. If you think of all the factors you need for that to happen, the the only hang-up is like a tight end surging chalk to backfill it. But when you think about how gross running back is and people are out here hunting and just trying to find any other viable running back play, no one likes Kelsey. Everyone hates Kelsey right now. It's like the only thing is do we have a champion – a new contender who can step up into that spot with McKinnon, not likely to play. And I, yeah, I mean, I think Pacheco's, I was trying to name some well, other love Pacheco too. Pacheco's I mean, the best RB two play it. in the tournament though. Like he is, he's legitimately a better play than Kyron too. Like they're going to probably, their most likely outcome is to play like two games, right? Like that. So this, probably this want takes to away some of Kyron's ownership. I think, I think Kyron's going to come in lower on than we think if Pacheco is the highest owner. I think you're right. What if I told you guys that ETR has Devin Singletary projected for more points this week than Pacheco? Well, that would leave it below my mind. The um, <laughs> Pat, the, he, the point about Kyron, I've been feeling that was going to happen too. So I think that's I think that's right because everyone I'm hearing is no saying play, play P- Puka or Cup, and it, yeah, no one wants to play Kyron. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could be – I think just the not having it, – it, it really does come down to Najoku. If Najoku can separate from Amari, from the Browns' D stuff, I, I could certainly see it happening. But Najoku's clearly the hinge point on all of this. Should we build a team? Yeah. I actually already got us registered here. I'm excited right. to see whether this is a Gibbs, Pacheco, or Dalton <laughs> Schultz team. <laughs> Let's start with uh, with Drick and Sacrilegious here. Dricko, why don't why don't you kick us off? <laughs> um, I will. Uh, I'll go for maniacal it. laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go for yeah, good. <laughs> Puka. Puka and the cool. Oh, okay. Puka. All right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep us pretty chalk, but I think he comes in under what I would consider optimal. We'll just go Lamar. All right. Yep. I also this just reminded me, Pat. Um, someone mentioned this in the comments of our video yesterday, and I thought it was a pretty good point. Um, just we know how even when you're doing like season long home drafts, like people get anchored to the Yahoo ADP order and stuff. Talking about like the order, some of these guys are listed in here. 
uh, unless you're on NFC where Carson Wentz is number one. I do think it's kind of like an interesting thing to not maybe like a, a really light tiebreaker of just seeing like yeah. which guys funnel to the top. That's interesting. Yeah, I should I should go in and and see. I mean, it is I'm right there. Mostert over Achan. I mean, I think. Right. I think people will break ties to Mostert. Yeah, he's he's higher. I mean, you got it. He's higher. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, Gretch. With the, giving you, you this pick, me? Why don't we, yeah, because then we go because we went Draco sack, oh, right. and then we just go right down. Yeah, you know what? I like when we have the guests. I like just eating the chalk and letting uh, everyone else galbrain here. Because if we if we go to galbrain, then we can't. Uh, <laughs> we got to wind it back. So I'll go ahead and just put CD Lamb in, and we could keep it moving. We just said he was the best play of the tournament, so I'm going to go Dalton Schultz. There you yeah. go. We, I mean, this What's had coming? to be a Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Team. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take uh, Pete's line of thinking and do uh, Christian McCaffrey, and I want to see what these guys do at RB two now. All right, back to the maniacal Draco. <laughs> uh, I I was hoping I'd get somebody else to say this one. Uh, I'll I'll go for Gibbs for uh, RB two. There you go. I, I feel like it had to be after the conversation yeah. here. This this came preloaded with Gibbs and Dalton Schultz. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go Mike Evans then. Yeah. He's he's a guy that I feel like we haven't talked a lot about the Bucks. You know, the Eagles I think are pulling most of the the discourse right now, but god, he's an awesome play. Mike. He Evans. is. He is. Gibbs Gibbs play, but not overwhelmingly. Gibbs and Schultz uh kind of pulls Pacheco and Kelsey out of the lineup. Is that accurate? Why? That's how I'm. That's yeah. how I was leaning. I was thinking yeah. oh, that you could go rice. You're saying? I think. Yeah, I was just sort of yeah. thinking. Out loud. I was wondering if that's what you guys were seeing as well. I, th- I thought you meant well, fading the Chiefs for a second, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really cool angle, right, Gretch? Because we're gonna want some rice on our this teams, and so then you this ask yourself, what kind of teams do you get to Rashi Rice? Right. The, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um. But I gotta pick someone I guess first. Uh, okay, so if we're going, no, it's up. It's back to Pete actually. Oh, it's back to Pete. Wait, well, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll do it. I'll do the Rashi Rice. <laughs> Don't tempt him. That was gonna be my pick. <laughs> I was picking yeah, other. Just, just, <laughs> stole your idea. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm gonna go um, Jake Elliott. Mm-hmm. Eagles just blow it. They are very good at, at blowing it this year. Well, I'm going to go um, Miami's. No, I don't. We don't want to play Miami's defense. And I guess if somebody wanted to play Tyreek, they still could. What Do we have any games that we have not hit yet? Any games? We need a round. No, we guess we yep. don't need a round. We could pick them to lose. We've um, hit every game. Oh, we don't have Buffalo. Hmm. We don't. Yeah, yeah. We, we can throw digs in one. We haven't done any digs yet. I don't like it. He's one of my least favorite plays in the whole tournament. But I, unless you guys want to play the Bills a different direction here, but I think digs is. I mean, we're playing play. Ravens Super Bowl. What do you think? Like, is Kincaid too contrarian? We're already pretty contrarian. We don't really need it either. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think part of the Schultz thing is like it fills the tight ends, slot, right? You know. Yeah. So with Schultz, are we playing Cleveland to win? Or are we saying that Schultz 
is the optimal tight end over two games? It's a good point. Yeah. I think we should probably play play a Brown. Yep. Yeah, probably. And are we on a Murray then? Because yeah. we're off. Of- yeah. I think this would probably be the spot to get your Amari, right? Yep. This would be the spot to do Amari. This is a fun team. Yeah, this took a lot of leverage. A lot of goal. Yeah, a lot of pivots. So then we full fade Miami, maybe? And the the DST is. DST is Steelers? I think we could go Miami D. We wanted to. We could. Right. Basically, want to randomize yeah. D. So yeah, I think yeah. we can we can just randomize between these three. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting what what's interesting about this build is you're uh, full fading the two chalk full fades, but you're so unique in so many other spots, um, which makes mm-hmm. it fun. I like that. So for the audio listeners, uh, Lamar and CMC, uh, Jameer Gibbs, Puka Nakua, CeeDee Lamb, Rashi Rice, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Stefan Diggs, Dalton Schultz, Jake Elliott, Miami defense. I This one's super fun to me because it doesn't feel like we're giving up that much projected points. Like it doesn't feel galaxy brainy to me. Mm-mm. No, all these pivots feel like reasonable pivot plays that we've talked about when we've hit on these teams. We want to get a little Rasheed Rice in here. We want to get a little Amari in here. We want to get a little Gibbs in here. Like, they're all reasonable plays. What I like about this lineup is that every time we made a pivot, we were like, what does that open up for this lineup? And then we took advantage of that. So, like, Dalton Schultz, then we go to Amari. You know, then we go to Rasheed Rice. I love that pivot, Mm -hmm. right? And so it it kind of all works together. We get off off Kyron because we get Gibbs. We, you know – it's like, would, the, would you say that this lineup tells a story? I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's cool because, like you said, I do think a lot of ways, like phone shitter hand builders, will do this contest is you'll make the one pivot, right? You will do just the Amon Rada Gibbs and then build it out, but then actually really thinking through what does that open up roster construction wise and just send you down a completely different path in a logical way is pretty cool. Yep. Um, I have right. us um, 13 points um, on, on weekly projection off of the uh, – using the ETR projection, 13 points off, off of the Boomer Opto. Okay. That's pretty good. That's wow. Pretty good. Yeah. With probably like, – Almost half the ownership. Half. Oh, ownership. yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Like yeah. two-thirds the ownership. We just we built the nuts. Don't dupe us, bros. Yeah, yeah. don't dupe us. This is too Do sick of a team. <laughs> well, least, you'll know that Liam was going to put this team in, but with Kincaid. So at least we've got. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, all right. I want to talk a little bit of underdog here. We definitely uh, need to with uh, with sacrilegious here. You've been firing, doing content, all kinds of stuff. We still have some fun contests up. They spun the gauntlet two up, which still has a lot of entries remaining 50K to first. Um, the little gauntlet is about to close uh, like here within a few minutes. So if you want to get your final ones in there, there's some mittens. But uh, sacrilegious, give us a little state of the playoff best ball landscape with only a couple of days uh, to go here. Yeah, for for me, this last like kind of home stretch has just been uh still trying to get down volume i think i'm i'm approaching 900 teams now so we've <laughs> what? Is, what? is your goal to hit a thousand that, that was my that head. was my original goal but it's feeling rather lofty at this point 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I was making fun of Davis for saying he had like 275 on the swole cast. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be tough to get to a thousand. I my my like new attainable goal is to just max the gauntlet too, which is rough. Like that's that's a lot of drafting from when it dropped to you know Saturday, and I it's not like I don't have other stuff to do. But wait, uh, what are you at right now? How many have you gotten in? Oh, where are we at right now? Uh, Gauntlet two is at, oh, I'm, I'm just under the halfway point. I got to 74. Um, Pat, I don't know if you noticed, but I was ripping Gauntlet twos while we were streaming DK earlier. I didn't. That's great. No, you were, you were, you were quite interactive. You know, you remind me of, you know, like a bodybuilder when like they're eating like pounds and pounds of steak. But they eat so much steak, they cry when they do it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's college right yeah, now. Yeah, it's no longer it's no it's reached way past the point of enjoyment. Um, this is no, not I'm a bit just, sacrilegious on our stream today. Was compared to DK Metcalf or AJ Brown, unclear which. But I mean, now true. bodybuilder as well. <laughs> um, and, and Nez asked all manual. Nez, not only all manual. How about all single table? I mean, I, I guess that's a little bit of a stretch. There were some mittens how, where it was. It was going where I had a, I not a ton. Um, <laughs> I, I have time to touch grass after I ship these playoff contests. Um, but uh, no, I, I did multi-table a couple, but never really like ideally not multi-tabling. Um, I, I do right? two at a time with because I get the tool up and I'll get tool draft tool draft on each of my monitors. A lot of the time I can get myself to the point where I can build my queue out well enough to where if I never check it again after five or six rounds, yeah. I'll be okay. And sometimes I can like tab back if I need to. So that's how like a normal draft takes. If I do a full draft without switching before the end of round 10, it's 10 minutes. And then if I do it the way that I do most of them, they're like between five and six minutes. Um, and then I might have to tab back once. But uh, right now it's been about just hammering um, the Texans and hammering the Bucks for me because those teams can't come up in price enough now, like with their, their odds to make conference championship, like they're low, but with how good those players are for like advanced rate pieces um, and like where they're just stuck in ADP because of like all the volume that's gotten in and, you know, the Browns have now shot up and I had so much Browns early that it's like, let me go ahead and get a ton of Texans to try and just like, it's not necessarily hedging the bet. I mean, in some ways it is hedging that bet a little bit because I like the Texans to upset the Browns, you know, so I, I want to play that game both ways. Um, I've also been getting more Rams and more Bills now that we have the contests where the ADPs, you know, the historical ADPs don't matter as much. I was kind of out on those lower probability playoff teams earlier where I got some of them, but you know, I think I only ended up with like 6% Josh Allen in the uh, the first gauntlet. Um, so definitely good to, to mix some of that in. What I've been noticing now is you get a lot more casuals in there. And so it's just a lot more volatile in your rooms. Like you can build some absolute monsters. And the vibes on Miami are terrible. Like when I, when I hear anyone talk anything positive about Miami, I'm like, man, because the best ball landscape does not reflect that. Like people 
Tyreek Hill will drop to like the fifth round sometimes, you know, like people don't want to click it at all. Miami, I don't know if you've heard, Miami's never going to score points again because they're in a blizzard and, you know, they'll just, they're never going to score any fantasy points again for the rest of their lives. I believe the definitive analysis was to his brain was going to freeze. To his brain (laughs) is going to freeze, I I was cracking up at that yesterday. Uh, But yeah, so I've been hitting, I've been hitting the- Scientifically verified. The 49ers hard um, at the back end of the draft because you can just take that and then your best case scenario is people at the 49ers slide because that's inexplicably happening right now too. Like I've gotten a couple three 49ers combos. I've, I've gotten a CMC Purdy combo, which like that hadn't been possible since like the first couple weeks of the first gauntlet. So being able to get that in with the current ADP landscape that one feels like a, a pretty strong team. Um, but then, yeah, you you open yourself up to a really favorable either Miami and San Francisco super team where you're like, I just get all the best Miami pieces. And then I mix in some Tampa Bay and Houston for advance rate stuff alongside that in case that Miami game is low scoring. And I, I hope to sneak it into the second round and, and Miami upsets KC and then I'm cooking. Um yeah, that's kind of the state of, of the market currently. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those, the prices, Eagles are the other team that's obviously just incredibly so cheap right now. But what's weird to me is like, you think about the Dolphins slide and like, you know, the Chiefs, maybe you could say have stayed fixed or slightly pushed up, but it's not like the Bucks ADPs are moving up in tandem with an Eagles fade mm-hmm. by the market, which is really weird. I mean, yeah. it, it's not weird in that the market isn't going to think rationally in that way, but it's like, man, it does make the Bucks look really good in that situation too. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying drafting, to see. I've been drafting more on DraftKings the last couple of days, and you can literally do stuff like you can do like Lamar and get like get some 49ers and like Zay Flowers, and then just stack the entire Eagles offense. Um, yeah. That's. I, I understand the negativity around them, but that feels like kind of a cheat code when you're you're like, I need advance rate guys and I can just take all the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, and Pat is Pat's taking my helping of Eagles. So um, you know, that way someone will win something for legendary upside. It's either gonna be Pat with the Eagles smash, or it's gonna be me with my full Eagles fade. Um and you're just betting the Bucks side of it? I'm, I'm hammering the bucks lately. I've gotten myself. I wasn't taking very many bucks at all early because they were just they weren't even a sure thing to make the playoffs. I wasn't really touching any of the NFC South teams, um, and I started taking my like leans going into week 17 or week 18 rather, where I want to start mixing in bucks and I want to start mixing in Texans because I think I'm going to play like they each win their games. And those are the pieces that I don't have exposure to in my portfolio where I really like them for like round one advance rate purposes. And my, my whole portfolio is like very heavily skewed 49ers Ravens. Like Lamar is my most owned quarterback at 20, just under 25%. And that's come down substantially because I got him, I was getting a ton of Lamar in like the second and third round. And so I haven't been getting as much lately. Um, and then for wide receivers, like all the 49ers guys, it's Ayuk, Kittle, CeeDee Lamb. Like those are all my my highest uh, owned guys. I don't have as much Debo because he goes first out of those guys. And I will always take a 49er pretty much if they're there. Um, but yeah. Qu- 
I have a question for you because I noticed when I was doing a lot of the early drafts, like before the playoffs settled and I was doing Niner stuff, I was, you know, doing a lot more of like the late Niner stuff, right? Like, you know, all your Jawan Jennings, the Galbrain, Ronnie Bell type stuff. Now, I, I don't know if I'm, I've just lost the plot or if it's because the playoff picture is more firmly focused and you can kind of like put the puzzle pieces together more, but I haven't been like tacking on as many Niners. I, I, have you been still like kind of doubling, tripling down with the fringe Niners? We uh, we talked about this on the the DK stream we just did before ship chasing uh, for leg up, but no, I haven't. I'm I'm in the same boat as you, Pat or Pete. I, I haven't been doing the like Eli Mitchell or Jawan Jennings as much because oftentimes you can play it through their Super Bowl opponents so much better. It's like, yeah. what's the probability that Jawan Jennings scores greater than zero in the Super Bowl? Well, it's less than like any of these other dart throws on the other side of their Super Bowl opponent, right? And oftentimes, if you're playing it through a non, if you're not playing it through 49ers Ravens, that's like, and I get a very small boost to my round one advance rate then, because I'm getting, say it's 49ers Chiefs, it's like, okay, who's got a better probability of scoring any points, Juwan Jennings or the myriad Chiefs punt wide receivers that you can do? It's like, they're all the same thing. So let me get the guy who's going to help me advance like by 0.1% extra in round one and just like trying to get those micro edges where I can. Yeah. That's been my, the exact same boat uh, I've been in uh, with that. Uh, Pat, Gretch, Drico, any, uh, any other kind of thoughts you guys have had on this? And then we'll, we'll definitely get in and rip a couple here. No, I'm kind of excited to get back in the, the underdog streets on it. I've been, as I mentioned, uh, doing mostly DraftKings, we launched a DraftKings tool on Legendary Upside in addition to the Underdog one. So kind of testing that out, and um, you know that's that's got tight end and a couple different ways to think through it. But I haven't really been drafting on Underdog the last like three days. So everything Sack saying about kind of the the landscape of of being able to get like CMC Purdy again occasionally, I was like, I need to get back over an Underdog. That's uh, that's exciting. Gretch, what about you? I know you just did you just repod with with Sean about this, or were you guys potting about FFPC? We did FFPC. Um, I can't obviously do those here. I did a couple while I was traveling, but it was hard um, during the traveling to get a bunch in. Um, Not, yeah, I I don't don't have anything nearly as advanced as what you guys are saying. (laughs) What were you going to say, Jerko? This is my yeah. This is my first year doing the uh, underdog uh, playoff contest, and 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 the biggest thing that's been um, uh, notable to me, the biggest thing that I, I I've the biggest lesson I've had to learn is that even more so than in normal uh, best ball, you really you really need to think of when you take a player, who do they exclude you from, and and making sure that you leave the maximum amount of options open. Um optionality i guess no you're you're 100 right because uh, like uh sacrilegious i take so many niners and you know i go into every draft being like this is the one where i finally commit to the jordan love build and then i like double that <laughs> uh, devo save my brand i go like well throw that out the window <laughs> it's like every time I'm like what are these days i'll actually get some goddamn packers on my team well it's funny because the and like you know i've done a million of these oh i haven't i mean sacks literally done a million i've probably done like 200 and i'm still like oh man i could take tyreek here and then you're like no dude you took a chief 
you can't take Tyreek. But it is this thing of like that that little part of your brain that's like, whoa, it's pretty cheap for Tyreek. Like you can't turn it off, uh, which is good because that's kind of who we're battling. We're battling people who who are doing a worse job of turning that off than than we are. That's got to be one of the biggest pain points in the rooms right now is like they both fit great for you, Miami and KC, and and they both slide. It's like, oh, my God, Mahomes is on the board with all three of the Chiefs and Tyreek's here. It's like pick 20. Not, none of this should be here. And you have to pick one. And that's that's the pain point. And it's also so I mean these these rooms too. I mean everyone see it. People complain on Twitter or whatever. I, I think it's more funny, but it's like I still give people the benefit of the doubt. I don't have the sacrilegious, you know, dossier on everyone where I'm like, oh, they they have the Chiefs. Um, I can push this dolphin around the turn and then no, every time it's it's still it's like these rooms will never cease to amaze you. Like they will every time you think like this is gonna be normal, someone pulls a rabbit out of their hat. It's it's phenomenal. it is nice because there's there's times and last night we, we drafted a really nice one where it's like there's times where every someone's just wiping people out but it's not you and you're just oh. like, <laughs> like beautiful like, yeah what a beautiful afternoon so <laughs> you know i've i've had some of these starts where you're just like oh my god like they're gonna they're not gonna leave me this dude too and then they do and that's only possible by people drafting extremely badly. Like when everyone stays in their lane, you can you can assemble a nice team regularly. But the only yeah. time you make super teams is when someone else came barreling in from three lanes over and destroyed someone else's team. And sometimes you can tell too, like in, in the way the first like eight picks go, you're like, oh my God, wait. These guys look like they were being rational. This guy is clearly not. He just double tapped Purdy Lamar, you know, or whatever. And you're like, wait, that's going to make this guy do this, which means this happens, which means you're like, oh, oh, shit, that's going to fall to me. Like, and, and then it does. And you are the only one left standing in a room full of chaos. Those are probably my favorite. That's like, that's why we play the game. We play the game yeah. to watch everyone else crash and burn around you and you're the last man standing those are great yeah you draft 900 to have four of those where you feel like the king (laughs) (laughs) i'm currently ripping one and i took uh, zay flowers in the third round and a guy with lamar and tyreek just went full tilt and took mark andrews in the third <laughs> that that is full tell i saw someone take justice hill over zay flowers in one of my rooms earlier today i was like hoping zay flowers would fall and it was like my brain saw like the baltimore for a split second i was like oh that's like, i was like wait oh that was justice hill <laughs> you selected <laughs> um yeah gauntlet two here uh two of six one of six one of five pretty big final uh 250 seat final here but the advance rate um or the pods are pretty small um classic spot here at the five right now where you're looking at Debo Purdy and Ayuk. Uh I normally click Debo here, but I'm open to uh to ideas. Yeah, I'd I'd pretty much always do Debo here. And you're just praying that same Purdy comes back. And if he doesn't, it's whatever. Yeah. So the question, if they do go Brock Ayuk, which is definitely something that happens a decent bit, have you guys been going Kittle or pivoting to like a, an AFC Diggs or Tyreek? 
I wouldn't ever really do digs and I also here because Allen's gone and I and then you're like really in a world of hurt because you're not playing it for Bill's 49ers Super Bowl. And you also it's like, is Diggs really that great a fantasy projecting player right now? You know, um, oh, that's a gift. Yeah. So the turn goes Amon Ra and Hill. I've actually been seeing this combo a decent amount. Um, but yeah, do you do you ever do? I feel like I get Ayuk and Debo naturally that I just always take Purdy when I get it here. Yeah, yeah. You take Purdy here because it opens you up to letting something wonky happen. You're praying you're in a room of people that are scared of the bye. Um, but, you know, we've got Nez and Crash Rich here at the one-two turn, so it's very unlikely we get our third coveted 49er back. And, yeah, the Lamar guy should pretty much always take Ayuk here as well, in my opinion. So, you know, it's unlikely that we get Kittle back. But, yeah, you, you have to take Purdy to open yourself up to the possibility of getting this back. Because it has – I've gotten a few of these, you know, but it yeah. doesn't happen often. Yeah, Crash Rich goes CMC Kittle Mahomes. Nez goes Allen James Cook after Diggs went right before him. And now, you know, this is – this is a spot where we can go what a decent amount of directions. Like you can do the KC stuff. Um, what do you, what do you like to do here normally? If flowers made it, I just do yeah. flowers and then I'm almost done with my wow. Super Bowl roster. Holy flowers shit. did make it. Wow. wow. So, so, so now you're, now you're basically done with your Super Bowl roster, right? Like you only need two more pieces and one of them's a running back. So you know that you're taking one of Gus Edwards or Justice Hill. And then your worst case scenario is you get forced into an Eli Mitchell build. Um, and so from here, it becomes really easy to plan the draft out. And for me, I'm like, with my portfolio where it is, like nine times out of 10, going to finish this with like a Tampa Bay and Houston and then have those as my quarterback options. Here it's like, Tony Pollard is just such a giga smash because that's your highest probability opponent of San Francisco in the conference championship. Um, you need running back points round one. Uh, so yeah, I feel like Tony Pollard is a pretty easy click here, unless you're wanting to play it through Detroit. But when you play it through Pollard, you get the better pass catcher stack option of having cooks available as well. If he comes back to you, where if you play it through Gibbs, you're like pretty stuck going to Jamison Williamson because Laporta is still dicey to play. Yep. So we start uh, Purdy Zay Debo here. Grab Tony Pollard. Uh, yeah, the team on the, the amount of shit you just said. Is, <laughs> that's a nine hundred draft like breakdown right there. That was like such a fucking nine hundred draft breakdown. I, I so what about... I'm understanding you said was that okay. So we we've almost finished our Super Bowl team, and so right now we just need to pick players that we're avoiding round one and round two matchups. Yep, and and we're allowed because we're gonna have five players on by here. We're allowed to break all the rules. Um, you know, ideally we don't want to have people that play in round one, and then it, it's an order of operations thing, though, right? It's like pr preferably no one plays in round two, but if we've got people that are gonna play in round two, that's still preferred to people playing in round one, right? So you're just kind of like going through that, and then of course you're balancing like the fantasy projection that you can get from that player to help you advance here. And so that's why Pollard is so, so sweet here. Cause it's like Pollard will project fine. They're, they're big favorites at home. 
you know, he, he should do just fine for you. Then you can get Cooks, who will also project fine and still be a consistent bet and be a really strong piece in round two and round three for you because it's now you're setting up a 49ers-Cowboys conference championship. Cooks goes here, but that's fine. We've got all the outs in the world um, because we've got Tampa Bay and Houston still available. And we don't even th- – this is the beautiful part. We don't need to take Gus Edwards here. We're taking one of Gus Edwards or Hill, and then we're taking one of – likely obj andrews bateman aguilar right so like we're we're in such a safe spot now um that you you actually start reaching so you go all the way down and you secure whoever you care more about between evans or collins there's no only more, a no more dallas super potential super bowl running what about ferguson we Ferguson's only have fine, but I, I like Collins and Evans to project for better than Ferguson, to right? Get through round one. Who do you guys you want, want? Collins you want or Evans? Like Collins, personally. Yeah. You're going to get I both know. here, by the way, because that's what we're doing on the next one. Um, but yeah, this you're, is why you're concerned because you don't have, you only have five players in. We got to hit, we got to yeah. hit the, hit the, the nuts. nuts ish, the nuts yeah. adjacent, you know? Um, it's, it is two of six. So it's like, that's that's why it's like we don't even need to get that crazy. It's like shoot, Mike Evans, Nico Collins, Tony Pollard plus one, and a quarterback stacked with one of those pass catchers is like that's pretty live to advance, you know. Like, and, and again, it's thirty three percent base advance rate. My goal is can I get myself to twenty percent advance rate with this? With a five buy, it's really hard. You're probably looking yeah. at like between ten, you know, ten percent, maybe fifteen if you got some really good projected players. But here, Gus is still on the board, so you get Evans. You cue both of the uh, cue both the Baltimore running backs here, and we, then uh, yeah, you got to get your you got to remember your streamer uh, rules. You never cue anyone up. You don't put that billboard up. <laughs> you know, Nez Nez is tilting that he lost digs, and he's ready to blow up some stacks right now. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Gus. But yeah, well, there I, are only two and uh, two two running backs we can have in the Super Bowl, right? Yes, yeah, it, we we must have well, those. For but like I guess I would ask sacrilegious. Would you like? I, I I do prefer Evans to to Chris Godwin, but just knowing that you feel pretty naked without um, Justice or Gus, like would you ever just lock that up and just see if Evans comes back, and knowing that you will have the Godwin fallback? Yeah, I definitely do. But at this point, it's like both of them are on the board so i have cover for it usually when i'm drafting i'm like looking at is there anyone number one are there illogical drafters in here you know that are picking between me and my next pick number two uh for the logical drafters is there someone that would want to build out ravens and then are there two people that would want to build out ravens because most people building out ravens aren't going to be in a spot where both gus and justice make sense this guy's surely going to do it here though I, I was waiting famous last words here. Oh, I mean, it's, he it's happening. Like, he should take likely. Yeah. Yeah. And then I haven't I haven't been paying attention to Eric fifty four. He does have. Oh Lamar no. Yeah, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> it's Jover. It, it, it he he's been waiting until round seven. Just do Odell for kicks, but you you need to lock up Odell here. <laughs> Stop it. He's making a sweat so hard. Don't do it. Now you jam justice in. We (laughs) thank our lucky stars. But yeah, these are, that's like a spot. uh, Pete, we're always, 
be willing to reach on a guy because it's like the linchpin of your build. It's like the probability Justice Hill scores any points in the Super Bowl versus the probability Eli Mitchell or Kyle Juszczyk. You know, it's like, oh, God, I would much rather be playing on the Justice Hill side of that. So, yes. Yeah. So we are going to have, what, one more we're going to take a quarterback, which we have the optionality for either, and then it's Odell. We windmill Odell here because we yeah. were like winning this. If, if this gets to the finals and it's 49ers Ravens, we win. You know, the only the only thing that we're then up against is headless CMC teams that can beat us. Um, so CMC teams without a quarterback and the nuts like CMC that got a Iuke plus mm-hmm. two, you know, Gus Edwards and a, another good player. Um, or you're looking at a Lamar team. Um, that of course doesn't have CMC, probably can't have Devo. So you're you've got clean paths to win in all those, and we have pretty high projected players with them. And a lot of people have like those ancillary Baltimore pieces at the end. So we're in a really good spot here. And and like there's no real way for people to box us out of a a piece that still is within structure for us. Um, that would be like the last good projected piece. And we've got multiple quarterback outs and they're not desirable quarterbacks typically for people. How, um, how granular are you looking at your, uh, like portfolio from a combo standpoint? Like I assume you've drafted a similar version of this team many times. Are you trying to be like, all right, this time I want to get like Gus and likely instead of, you know, justice and Odell. Are you, are you trying to, to do that? No, it'll happen naturally over the course of the volume that I'm getting in. The rooms are so random. And also you've got the pod variance of like, I, I wouldn't care if I had, if you told me I had 50 teams that were literal, like, you know, 10 player copies on 50 teams. If they were a good team, like, cool. Yeah. Give me 50 of them. Cause a lot of them are going to die in the pods. You just want to yeah, get yeah. what you can get through. And I, I play a way higher risk uh, style than I think a lot of people are comfortable playing. Like, I'm I'm good, you know, even if I get down to like a 15% global advance rate on all my two of six stuff, like I have a lot of confidence that I've built well enough that I'm still wildly positive expected value. So Stroud for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So this team, yeah, it comes together really nicely. We got um, one more player. We got one more pick, right? Oh yeah, who? Uh, this is our now, now round one receiver, and now it's dealer's choice. It's you can either go running back, you can go like Devin Singletary, oh. you can go, um, you can get Dalton Schultz, you can go Chris Godwin. So yeah, that's why, that's why this fits so so nicely, right? Because none of these are bad that's projecting nice. players either, right? Because we already have our Super Bowl five, and we have one. Now we just need our final. First round five. First I think it would be five. Godwin. Who projects the best here? I think he has Singletary, Singletary as the, as the highest. Okay. Um, and I, I do a good amount right. of Singletary. Yeah. But I've, I've also hammered some Schultz. Yeah. But anyway, this is – I got a gang of teams that are like this exactly, basically. Um, yeah. This is a cool team. I, yeah. I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so for the uh for the audio listeners here uh brock purdy and cj stroud uh at quarterback tony pollard justice hill devin singletary at running back debo zay nico evans odell at wide receiver so obviously round one no points from brock justice debo zay odell 
And on the flip side, we will need to get scores from Stroud, Pollard, Singletary, Nico, Evans. That's a strong five. If you're going to just have five. Project like, well. Yeah. It's like we got we got our 10%, you know. We got at least our 10% equity here to advance out of round one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And this that's the thing too, right? Then you can start going and looking at you know, the other teams like normally, right. The Lamar team also, oops, isn't going to project super well, but this guy didn't really load up on a ton of bye weeks. So his advance rate will probably <laughs> be slightly better than expected relative to most Lamar teams. But I do think you want to think about like, what are you able to get through? Like you almost don't even, to some extent, you don't want to like think about round one and how painful that's going to be. Let's think about, we are unwrapping our, our presence in round two, Ooh, what did I get through? Oh, look at this guy. And it's like full Ravens 49ers stuff. It's going to be so much more powerful than the people who just go like Lamar Zay and then like don't really build it out because they're worried about not advancing. Like they do have a better chance of getting through. But then when they when they go in and unwrap that team, it's like, ah, shit, because you still have a long way to go. Because the, the thesis too, because you might be like, well, you'll, you'll, okay, you'll have the bare minimum five for a starting lineup, but it's like, will be what? Did you look at the data, Zach? Is there any teams that advance with six buys from round one? Like, would I didn't, be able to I didn't look at through? that. The, the thing that I was looking at to like kind of give me a sense of how easy or hard it is to advance out of round one is there were about 5% of teams that could have advanced with a zero at quarterback. You can take a stone zero at QB. So I, I kind of use that as like my, and that was with a one out of six, right? So 5% yeah. is kind of like your minimum that you could possibly advance. Like your advance rate should never really be lower than 5%, provided you're not trolling. You know, like if you if you drafted like Rico Dowdle, Jalen Tolbert, and, you know, Michael Gallup as three of your five only active players, like, okay, yeah, you can get under 5%, but but um, if you're if you're playing this for real, like you're you're probably floor is like five percent. And since this is two of six, I'd say it's probably not totally linear. You're not going to go from five percent to ten percent. But you're probably like right in between there. So maybe like your bare minimum worst case scenario that you can advance when you're sitting at a full five lineup is like eight percent maybe in a yeah. room. Um, and that's kind of what I've I've estimated at. Um, and yeah, I think that for even where I play pretty aggressive, where I'm not getting a five by team, but if I've got four on by or three on by, like those are the ones where I'm like, I can pretty easily get up to 20% advance rate on those suckers. Um, and then of course I've got my builds where it's like, I didn't end up with bye week teams here. I, I ended up with, you know, like a Dallas and Buffalo Super Bowl, and this is a powerhouse to advance. And that's, I'm going to be like, if not, you know, 33%, like I might even be a little better than 33. So like globally, Across the portfolio, I think if you play the game correctly, you probably should be shooting for like a 20% first round advance rate. And you can ratchet that down if you play super duper aggressive. But yep. Yeah. And so, and you mentioned the stuff about throwing out the rules. So, like, obviously, here, you know, if Houston wins, um, then they would run into Baltimore, assuming Miami didn't win. Um, but in that you're just like, I, I do not care because I am trying to get this five bye week team that no one else is, is going to have. Yeah, exactly. And, and so when that happens, we still get, so Houston wins in the first round, right now they're in the second round. Um, 
Now, this is Gauntlet 2, so they're going to be much higher owned in this. Their draft, you know, Nico Collins is drafted almost every single draft. Devin Singletary, there are drafts where he doesn't get drafted. And Stroud, there are drafts he doesn't get drafted. But you go to round two, you're going to see other Houston teams, but you do get that second game out of them. And then you're into round three, where all of a sudden it's a lot harder. If you're correct and San Francisco and Baltimore are still alive, it's so, so, so much harder for people to have you know, a full roster of 10 players at that point, I would say yeah. almost impossible. And so then you're sitting there with, you know, say that you've got, you know, just the, uh, it's just, it's Dallas, San Francisco and Baltimore there. Well, shoot. Okay. We got six live, right. And that's going to be better than a lot of our opponents where we've got, got a good number of people just blocked out right there where they're dead to advance to us. And because it's a party team, if Houston somehow beat Baltimore, you could still play San Fran Houston, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's like a 2% outcome, you know, but it's like getting, that's why in the, in the article, it's like, yeah, you do prefer to have your second quarterback on the opposite side of your first quarterback when you're doing bi-week stuff. But again, it's, I, that's not the driving thing. Value would be the driving thing. Yeah, I wrote the article initially just to try and get people to like, all right, everybody, let's draft like some live teams and follow the basic rules. But like, I feel like people have picked up on it really fast. Like I've noticed lots of lots of people in rooms like drafting pretty good now. And so I feel like it's now now that we're we're collectively there as a community, we kind of get like the basics of the game. Like now it's starting to understand like where you deviate from those rules and where you break them and where you make decisions that would be different than the conventional like rules of thumb that I've given. And that's like the next level of how you get to be really good. And that's, I bet you just with how fast to me, it seems like the game advanced from last year to this year. I bet you next year is all about that. That's where the edges are. You're going to end up with a lot of these cookie cutter people following four teams that they're predicting into the conference championship type of builds and then it comes down to like okay now you need to figure out it, we, we talk about like reaching into the jar of only the jar of plus ev teams over here like follow the rules they're all gonna probably be plus ev and then over here there's a jar where there's a bunch of shit in it but there's also some pretty nice teams you don't really want to reach your hand into this one next season's going to be about you got to be willing to wade into the the stinky jar but you know it, it's actually it's interesting because the better the overall field is drafting, the more that those types of builds become interesting because you're now you're saying like I need Mike Evans on this team because I'm trying to advance these 49ers and Ravens. Well, Mike Evans is more likely to be there when everyone's kind of staying in their own lane and building out these teams where they've got a coherent conference championship game. You know, he's not he's he's more of an a an advanced rate round one type of guy. There are scenarios where it makes sense to grab him as your third NFC team, you know, when you're trying to advance these mega bye week teams. So I think it actually, like as the game develops, then those opportunities will become a little bit more appealing. Even the other thing is that if the 49ers and the Ravens are the Super Bowl this year, that's two years in a row that we're going to have had one seed, one seed. And then that will dominate the narrative next next yeah. year will become all about how do I get the two one seeds in? Cause obviously that's what happens now in the NFL playoffs. <laughs> and that's the only thing that can happen. Um, let me ask you one more question. Um, sacrilegious. Would you say um, we did Nico and then say you did Jane Reed 
Aaron Jones and Jordan Love instead of Evan Stroud Singletary? Is the only difference for you in that just obviously that the odds for the Texans stuff to hit or, or win a game is greater than the Packers, but structurally you would be okay with that? No, because we also have Pollard, and so that's a little oh, duh, painful sorry, there. That's a- bad example but 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 yeah i get what you're saying and like uh yeah if if instead we because like we could technically have done Miami. like there's rooms where you could do a miami thing here you know yeah um and so yeah like we technically could do miami um in, in a room where that fell but yeah for for me i just i really like the spot too like this is a small player take thing but for these yeah. round one advanced type ones now i'm getting more into my player takes hat and like how is this game actually gonna go and like i could i could see this being a pretty high scoring game so i'm like i'm really happy to have pieces in it and again like i mentioned this for my my own specific portfolio i got so much brown stuff when they were free um shout out to daniel raz for just pounding the table on joe flacco and so now it's like God, I feel like I can put myself in a really, really strong position because I've got a lot of these two bye week teams with Browns to get them through. And now it's like, but what if that doesn't work out? Let me try two bye week teams with the Texans to get them through. And so that's, and I, to kind of dovetail that as well with like the way that I've, I've talked about, like how you play these lower probability teams to make the playoffs or like the fringe teams. Um, and like, I wasn't really taking Tampa Bay or Houston or, you know, Indy or the Packers or the Steelers or any of these teams that were like, they could make it or they they might not is because like, sure, if you took some of them during the first gauntlet, like, yes, you're unique in the fact that those don't exist a bunch, but the benefit of the uniqueness doesn't matter at all in round one, really, because you're the only one with the copy of those players. And then you're losing the effectiveness of that uniqueness as you go into the deeper rounds because those teams are lower probability to even get there. So it's like, sick. You've got some Packers back in the first gauntlet when no one even thought they were making the playoffs. It's going to be really cool when they get knocked out in the first <laughs> round and help you advance. That's yeah. your super unique, bro. Um, <laughs> but but now nothing happened. Nothing bad happened to like, I didn't have a ton of Houston's. I didn't have a ton of, Tampa Bay, nothing bad happened. I just loaded up on the best Houston, Tampa Bay, get me out of round one build you possibly could build, right? Nothing bad happened. So you just load up once those teams are in. And that's why I re- I think this is like, of course, all best ball is a volume game, but like playoff best ball where the edges are so clear and defined. And then like the way that being contrarian is rewarded differently in this than it is in lots of other formats. It's like, if you just understand how you get paid off for different things that are contrarian and understand you do the, the contrarian things that pay you a lot early when you're right. And then you, you hold back on the contrarian things that don't reward you disproportionately. I I think that's, that's the secret. Well said. Well, I very much appreciated getting to uh, hear all of your thoughts on this contest on Legendary Upside. Do you guys want to do uh, one more to close this down? Sure. Try and try another build. You guys got time? Yeah. All right. Let's do one more here. And oops, no, sorry, Mitten Four. We'll see if we can get a different slot for a little uh, different build here. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you, have you done, uh, it, when you meant, I assume your answer to this question is the same thing, like there's enough randomness or whatever. Have you done any kind of reaching um, to try to get stacks or pairings that you don't think are going to be as frequented? Only when the room presents itself in a way where that's like the best way to play it too, in that specific room, if that makes sense. Um, so like when you see people doing weird stuff, like I talked about, like you can kind of tell like, oh, this happens. These are logical drafters. They'll take this, this, then this, which leaves this open. So if you, like I've seen some times where, and there's nothing I can really do to stop it other than nuke a team myself where it's like, I am about to give Brock Purdy to the one hole with CMC. And it's like, I saw it coming, saw it coming from a mile away when that guy double tapped Amon Ra Tyreek, you know, like I yeah. knew we were, knew we were screwed then as a, as a room, we we're going to build a monster out of the one hole. Um, so yeah, like when you, that's not an example of where you'd reach, but like, when you see stuff like that, where there's an opportunity to get something like that, where you're not sacrificing anything, then yeah, I'd consider it. Yep. Who knows? Maybe one of these guys will grab Debo and we can uh, mix up the build. Nez, you want to do us a solid and let us build a different team? <sighs> no, Nez is Josh Allen pilled. He's not. I mean, Nez doesn't want to pick against the Steelers, right? You know. <laughs> That's right. Just take Debo, Nez. <laughs> Come on, Nez. Jeez, Nez is multi tailored Nez is going to auto Josh Allen. Oh, Nez is a sweetheart. <laughs> Let's build a Josh Allen team. This is how I get back in Liam's good graces. <laughs> <laughs> you bought the same lamp as him. You dropped the same team. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Alex is looking for redemption after our was it was that last night, guys, that we did the big bit draft where he where Liam cucked him on all of his uh, his bill stuff. Yeah. yeah. So do you do you just take digs here? Is that what you do, or do you you got, a, you got a choice? You can do digs, or you can fade digs and go kittle um, and play it for. That's the only way you're playing San Francisco Buffalo. Is that's why it's a consideration because you're otherwise not playing San Francisco Buffalo. Let's just get in like a different. Uh, different realm fully than where we were last time and uh and do the digs there is like i've noticed too uh, i was actually talking about this with uh pat like and i'm sure you've noticed this a million times where like there's the pro con of like trying to push a player like squeeze in the extra guy like kittle and then who knows maybe the room gives you digs obviously that's very rare versus when you get like squatters rights, like because you're now taking off the table for someone at the turn, like a crutches to do a digs cook double tap where it's like less attractive, where I think your ability to get all three like ratchets up in a, in a very big way. hundred percent. Yeah. That's really well said. And I, I definitely think about stuff like that, especially like when I'm, when I don't have a quarterback and there's quarterbacks still on the board, um, like, I can't remember if this was this streamer, if, if this was the one we were doing over on Leg Up before, but we talked about like trying to push a Mahomes around, but there was a, a team that had two 49ers pass catchers, where it's like they'll they'll always take Mahomes there with whatever chief we leave them if we don't take Mahomes and then pray for the Chiefs to come back. So Yep. Uh Crudges does snag cook at the uh at the two three turn so we'll be punting bills here for a little bit 
Um, what do you guys like here? It's it's kind of gross. You're just like picking if you you can't really take KC because KC and Buffalo meet each other round two. So you're like I either take Miami um, or, or I go down to Detroit. Yep. <laughs> a, I don't think you start him. What's up? You didn't. Uh, Gibbs is not. You didn't start him. No, I know. Oh, trust me. Yeah. I, I do not start him. <laughs> <the last laughs> <I like second. laughs> yeah, I think logically I gravitate there. And then the, I guess the question is like, how far is Tyreek sliding right now? Um, because Gibbs does feel like. I always like my my, my Lions stuff much better, obviously, if you have a Monra or Gibbs to start it off. It's just a Monra is so pricey, so Gibbs is normally like, all right, this is my last call to feel like good about Detroit stuff. Could you have reached for into the Philly stuff and, and played for like Asia Brown? If you you I don't think you reach it. I think you wait. You try to let the Philly stuff keep falling because um, it will. You can get AJ Brown in like the sixth round sometimes. What about Tyreek here? I was gonna say, do you want to just do Tyreek? Yeah, you can. You can do Tyreek here. Um, yeah, Tyreek here is is totally fine. The other way that you would have played it, yeah, do do Tyreek. The other way that you'd play it, which I'll usually do, is if uh, uh, if Kyron's still on the board, you just take Kyron where he took Gibbs, and then you have two receivers open. And a lot of times, people won't even infringe on them. It's like really nice advance rate pieces, and. You know, you're already not playing San Francisco to make the Super Bowl. So it's like, why did San Francisco not make the Super Bowl? Oh, because the Rams upset. That's kind of the, yeah. Just like we talked about thinking through the brackets, you know, in in the other formats, it's like, well, why isn't San Francisco in the Super Bowl? It's like, well, the coolest way is because the Rams go, and then I'm rolling with these fantasy powerhouse pieces, and that's why I'm winning all the money because no one can stop my full Bills and Rams stack. Like that's just overwhelming. Yep. I love that. And Duke also pointing out that we do finally have a build where, uh, as Sacrilegious would say, the Packers could be on the menu uh, here. <laughs> the I, other I thing we talked about narratives earlier, um, and maybe that was on the other stream, but what a better story than McVay beating Shanahan. Yeah. Wow. Well, and it's very – that's why I think it's very doable because they know each other very, very well. I mean, I think that game's going to be closer than it should be regardless. So Nez yep. does give one back here. He doesn't let us do the A.J. Brown thing. Um, do we just grab A-chan and be done? Yeah, because you really only want one more Miami piece, and you definitely don't want Waddle, in my opinion, here, because it's like, yeah. what's he really doing for us? Um, so, yeah, you take A-chan. Um, and then from this point, we're like, we don't really feel great about pushing Kincaid around anymore. Um, and so I think that we just fall on the Kincaid grenade here. Um, your other option from this spot is if you're worried about losing Mike Evans, you go into Evans already. Because if you don't have Eagles, right? We didn't take Eagles at a big falling value. It's because they lost to Mike Evans 202 game. Yep. Does this does this build come preloaded with Leonard Fournette for you at this spot? Yeah, yeah. When you when you don't have a, a Bills running back, um, I love tacking on Lenny. I'll do a lot of Bills two running back builds with two running backs yeah. on the Bills, where I end up with Cook and Lenny. Um, and then, like, if I had more Bills teams, I'd sprinkle in a tiny bit of Ty Johnson, and then like 
even less Latavius Murray because it's so ambiguous there. But uh, yeah, I definitely I like Lenny a lot. Um, I also, I you know, would any of us be surprised if this first week, say that the game's still in Buffalo with the thirty mile an hour sustained winds? You know, it's cold as shit. Like, are you surprised if they just ride Lenny's fresh, thick legs all the way <laughs> to a victory there? Like, that doesn't seem that crazy. God, I just I'm, – I'm having a hard thick time legs. with the words fresh <laughs> let me, and let me, Lenny. Uh, let me get Zach yeah. back for earlier. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Evans did get sniped there. This is the uh, – <laughs> I'm By Super Bowl week, it, it could be someone like Ty Johnson over um, Lenny too. Though, Guys, right? yeah, it could be. Yeah. I, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get you on the the Jaden Reed, Aaron Jones. I mean, I mean, you're you're we're dangerously close to it here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I'll what I'll say but, from this spot is you could also go into Dallas Goddard and just play it as one. Eagle. What about Devonte? We have Devonte. I'm so my vibes on Devonte are so poor, but I, it might I might be biased. It. The the vibes on Devontae are good right now. AJ's the sketch one. I'm just high ankle sprain, like two weeks removed, seems so spooky to me. But he's yeah. Do it. Let's let's do the Devonte Goddard. Yeah, and that that feels totally fine. We're gonna get our third running back uh, through Fournette anyway, and then we'll just hammer um, Shakir Fournette. The, the one, honestly, the piece that I, like, want to lose the least in Bill's drafts is Khalil Shakir. Because I think yeah. by the end of the playoffs, there's a non-zero chance he's the best pass catcher on the team. Like, I know that might be a little hot, but I thought he was good coming into this season. Then they didn't use him because they were like, you know what would be really cool? What if we put a slower guy who runs worse routes with worse hands out here? That'd be sick. Let's put a lot of Dalton Kincaid on the field. And now they're yeah. like, wait a minute. This Khalil Shakir guy could play, so I don't know. I'm I'm kind of in on the Khalil Shakir rising. If the Bills, you know, make a deep run, like you got more room for Khalil Shakir to to have a big breakout game, and then maybe you know make it so the genie can't go back in the bottle. Yeah, the yeah uh, the Gabe injury stuff is bad too, right? Yeah, it's PCL. Um, like I, I you know they say that he he could be back at some time during the playoffs, but like. Dude, PCL sprains like you can miss some some time. Like that that yeah. does push you towards uh, Shakir as well a lot. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Nez is cursing us for taking. Uh, he went Swift there. He had taken AJ Brown and Swift, and then we went Eagles. Eagles. Sorry, Nez. Oh no, Nez. This is how I repaid you. After you did us the Dino's <laughs> Oh, Nez, I'm sorry. We, we did let him have Kittle in return, though. AJ Brown hurt Swift, and then we took Devonta Goddard. Wow, that <laughs> was is, brutal. This is this is uh, sacrilegious. Is hyping up uh, Khalil Shakur so much that crutches can't even tack on to his James Cook build because Alex takes him as a one-off. <laughs> the one-off. Does it even make sense here? It's no. Bill's you just hyped him up as the fucking next coming of Jerry Rice, and now he's yeah. like, "Sounds good." <laughs> how does how? Yeah, I it guess was, it was just it, a it, bit. It's Trent Sherfield season anyway. Yeah, it makes sense if the if the Chiefs win, Alex is fine. Uh, Alex, uh, wanted Buffalo. <laughs> I wanted Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why? Well, fuck, uh, fuck us, right? <laughs> so, so Lenny's one pick here. What's the What's the other one? Oh, your next one's Dawson Knox. Easy peasy. Just jam it in. The uh, Would you consider a, a Detroit guy for a second, Detroit? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd dabble with a, I'd probably prefer Jamison Williams, uh, kind of in the same vein as Khalil Shakir. Like I, I said this earlier this season, um, that I think it wouldn't be that outlandish to say Jamison Williams is the best receiver on his team next season, not to take anything away from Amon Ra. I think Amon Ra is absolute elite chad dominating slot stop receiver. doing this race it's gonna be like man what <laughs> <laughs> porter's already practicing and isn't it, it like detroit as a possible super bowl team like laporta Lincoln. yeah you you could do laporta too i yeah they're I'm both James fine and laporta's uh it's got a bone bruise Dude, the bone bruise is so brutal. I don't know if, if any of you have ever had a, a severe bone bruise. He's not walk like if he does play on Sunday, he's not walking the entire next. Yeah, week. but there's like, not a single buy team on this. Like you don't really. Need no, yeah, we don't. It, it's, you're right. It's not round one firepower we need. I just I like JMO. I'm I'm high on JMO. He just said he's yeah, gonna be the best wide receiver on the Lions next year. <laughs> <laughs> high on JMO. Yeah, I mean, this now this is like the opposite of sacrilegious player part. takes are, uh, are <laughs> the the all the the game theory stuff is the smartest stuff I've ever heard, and then we start talking about Khalil Shakir <laughs> and he's comparing him to like them. That's why I'm a flat I, exposure bro in season long basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I can't trust myself. The um, uh, yeah, I, I think the the Laporta stuff is. I don't know, pretty optimistic on the Lions end right yeah, now. From, yeah, um, I was just thinking more like conference championship and for, and Super Bowl. Could've yeah. Been. It could, right. It, yeah. And I think it, if it, we would have, because we did, what did we, because we were playing the Ravens, uh, was it Cowboys Super Bowl on our big one last night? And we did Mark Andrews there yeah. as our final Super Bowl piece, which in this lineup, we weren't necessarily playing um detroit Lions, yeah. to the super bowl we were playing i guess we, we were leaving it open we were playing Eagles yeah, either or, Philly or detroit yeah yeah um well that was fun um i like i told myself i was gonna like flip the calendar over and exclusively be doing brs by today and then i keep looking at that little gauntlet and i'm like yeah just another just one more next thing you know it's 10 more you just keep going just ripping um, on real quick yeah we're we're gonna take it easy on on Alex here. Uh, did did he grab an extra? I say I'm gonna take it easy and then I'm gonna look. Did he end up? Grabbing? Well, there's a whole thing in the chat of of the. They said he had Cooper, and he said I don't have Cooper, and then I said, Oh wait, I do. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, I think um, he still. By the way, I do think in Alex's defense, he's fine. He just he needs a chief stub for it to work. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he had three AFC. He only had two AFC. So he, and fine. he ended up going Sherfield. He committed to the bit. Okay, he committed to the, to the bit. All right. Yeah, Gabe's out. Makes sense. Alex, you're live. You got the best wide receiver on the Bills and the second best wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, guys. So uh, we we uh we covered a lot of ground tonight. NFC, FFPC underdog we got our final show tomorrow night with dink and leone 8 15 
Uh, I will. I haven't been drinking all week. I'm ready to have a couple cocktails tomorrow to cap off the week. Um, anything else here, Pat? You mentioned you guys got the DraftKings tool is launched. Anything else you should know about? Yeah, no, that's the big thing. Uh, ownership projections you can find on Legendary Upside uh, now. You can also they're in the uh, Ship Chasing Discord, Legendary Upside Discord, but they're also just on the Legendary Upside site uh for for members there but yeah this DraftKings tool is pretty sweet i think just getting your head around tight ends and the importance of filling out like in, in some of the underdog stuff i think you can only have like four live players in round one and like have a shot but you're probably pretty dead in on an underdog or on uh DraftKings where it's one of six advanced so um you also have two extra rounds over there so you have a little bit more latitude to play with uh, uh in a sense so um, I've had a lot of fun drafting with the tool over there. I definitely recommend people check it out. Awesome. Uh, Drico, uh, anything people should be looking out for? Um, stat chasing, obviously, in the books uh, for the year. Anything else you want to point people toward? Uh, no, no, nothing right now. I know uh, Saka and I, we did talk about maybe doing a, a couple of uh, off-season uh, shows. Um, nice. But I guess more to come on that. Awesome. Uh, sacrilegious, anything you'd like to do here? Are you, uh, are you going to do any more, uh, content for leg up, any discord streams, stuff like that? Uh, I don't know if I'll have time to fit in. We, we might have time to fit an impromptu discord stream in. I got a pretty busy week here between, uh, other obligations and the volume I'm trying to get in, but, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can get some of that down on stream in the discord. Um, and then, I'm, I'm so close to getting into off-season mode where I get to start doing some of the deeper dive projects. So I'm going to have to talk to Pat behind the scenes about, I've got a few ideas of, of articles and, and bigger uh, data I actually had an idea I wanted to, to get your thoughts on. Cool. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll chop it up. So I, I'm, I'm thinking I, I want to get like one, one real big piece out for the summer and then I'll, I'll sprinkle in some other stuff too. Nice. Uh, Gretch, I, uh, I got your pod downloaded with Sean to check out sometime tomorrow. What else is up in your neck of the woods? Well, I didn't have much yesterday. I recorded that pod. Uh, I went to Costco with my with my wife and daughters today. Um, oh. It's been 24 hours since you asked me yesterday what I had up. And it was, did they have free sandwiches on, on Thursdays? On. Or is they that did. They okay. did. My eight-year-old was crushing it, man. She was making a killing tonight. Did you see that guy who just did the bit where he ate exclusively uh, Costco hot dogs for an entire week as his only sustenance? It was some viral video. I did not see that. Yeah. Seemed like a great time. Um, Can we just, I, before we get out of here, the chat yeah. is just easy coming on, on Alex. Alex and then Alex says, easy, I'm using your ranks. And then he's <laughs> using <his own> rank. <laughs> That's fantastic. Poor, poor Alex. The the trajectory of Alex's streams. Uh, last night he was just setting up the Bills thing, and Liam just comes in Kool Aid Man and just takes all the Bills. And then tonight he's like, "I'm finally going to get my Bills." I'm get those bills, Khalil Shakur and Trent Sherfield. <laughs> uh, we love you, Alex. Thank you for hopping in the drafts. The other programming note, in addition to the show tomorrow, so next weekend we're not going to have a typical Thursday show. I'm going to be traveling. Uh, but we are going to do a Monday night 
playoff ship cast. Um, we uh, will probably try to book a guest. We got to talk about that. Um, but yeah, we will be live at 8 p.m. for Bucks Eagles. And uh, yeah, we'll fire up some pickums. Um, I'll, I'll do a giveaway uh, to the store too for ship chasing merch. I don't think we got the UD credits anymore, but we'll do a giveaway. Just classic ship cast stuff just on a Monday night, the Monday night football hammer. So looking forward to that as well that'll be a blast we can re- we can recap the opening weekend everything that happens saturday yeah. so much happens in the ffpc tournament and everything that we'll be able yeah. to talk through a lot of that on monday night yeah awesome. yeah there will be a lot to uh discuss we can pull up some of our uh, big mitten teams we drafted see what's uh live to advance it'll be a very fun night to sweat all of that good stuff thank you guys all for hanging out in the chat get some sleep rest up for the big finale tomorrow with Leone and Dink. Thanks again to Sacrilegious and Drico coming on, dropping bombs, spitting fire, helping us crack these contests. And yeah, we'll keep the conversation going in the Discord. If you guys want to become YouTube members, you can unlock that. Otherwise, we'll see you guys tomorrow night, 8.15. Peace.